Hello, welcome back to the Mr. Arsenal podcast for the Brighton versus uh, Arsenal match review. Hope you've had a good weekend, guys. Uh, bit of a reality check, though, back the back. <laughs> um, Andrew is on his way. He's just setting himself up. But as you can see already, I'm joined by Richard and Steve. How are you doing, guys? How are you doing? All right? Yeah. Good, yeah, not bad at all. Not bad at all. Hope you're well. Yeah, a bit of a chesty cough, but it is what it is. Don't worry, it's not COVID. <laughs> you can't catch it through, through streaming on anyway, so we're fine. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. And here's Andrew as well. How are you doing, Andrew? Oh, oh he was there, then he's gone. He was there, and then he's gone, yeah. Melvin says, I was asking what's going on. Melvin, I'll send you the link now. And, yeah, guys, while I'm sending Melvin the link, um, thoughts on Saturday, basically. Are you surprised? Just performance more so, was he surprised with the dip in performance compared to the week before? Yeah, I think so. I think there was, a, there was at least two or three players that were off their game, I think. I think Odegaard didn't have his best game. Tommy was um, having some problems on the right, wasn't he? Um, hmm. And they just didn't really have, have the same cohesion as they did the last few weeks, I don't think. Um, obviously, the conditions didn't help, but same for both sides. But... You know, we're still a young I mean, team, aren't we? We're still a young team growing, so... Steve, Steve, do you think that, you know, you're saying that the performance wasn't as cohesive as the previous... I mean, take the Tottenham game out of it because that was um, an, a, a one-off, I think, where we played. Go back mm. to Norwich and Burnley. I don't think the performance at Brighton was any worse or any better than those two games, but we played against a better team than Norwich and Burnley. Yeah, and that was the only difference. For me, yeah, that was the only difference. a better team. Brian yeah, well, exactly. And I think it shows that, you know, we, we can beat, we'll beat the teams in the bottom end of the league. The bottom five or six, seven teams will probably beat them easily. I don't think there's any problems, right? But when we play the teams higher up the league, as we've seen this season already, we're going to struggle because we're not good enough. Mm. We haven't got a good enough coach. We don't have good enough players. And this is the situation that we're in. We've got the same problems as last year, haven't we? In the fact that last year, defensively, we wasn't too bad. Third best defensive record in the league, I believe we had. So defensively, mm. we're all right. Most of the money we spent has been reinforcing the defence. Was that was that needed to that degree? And we've done nothing to um, to change or to improve the forward area of the team, which is what needed improving because we didn't score enough goals last year. We're not scoring enough goals this year. Five goals in seven games. And three of those came in 25 minutes against Tottenham. Other than that, we're not scoring goals at all. We're not creating chances. And this was a problem from last year. And we, we haven't brought any players in or any, any changes to the system or the tactics to improve that. And people got excited because we beat Tottenham. And Tottenham were terrible. And, yeah, we played well. But we played well at home to Tottenham last year, especially in the first half. And we played mm. well against Tottenham at home in the first half. Again, that's not improvement. That's exactly the same. You know, and I, I don't know. I'm not seeing any any improvements at all. We've got some young players who may potentially grow and become better than what we had before. We don't know yet because they, they, the first time a lot of them were tested was on Saturday and they failed the test. And yeah. I don't see I don't see the improvement. I don't see them at all. I'm sorry, I don't. And you know, one one half of a game out of seven where we played well is not if if, we, if that carries on through the season. If that's going to be the theme through the season, then we're not going to play well enough to, to improve on our league position last year, are we? And other teams have improved. You can see Brighton are a better team than last year. And I think a lot of the teams, Villa are going to be a better team than last year, I think. you know. And I think there's a few teams that have improved. I don't think we have improved. We've got players in that are young players that haven't improved what we had. They might not be any worse, but I know better. They might become better in a year or two years or three years. They might do. 
we don't know yet because they've only played three or four games against pretty average opposition until Saturday. And we, we could have lost. Everyone's saying, oh, we were good defensively, another clean sheet. We could have conceded four goals in that game. The reason why we didn't wasn't because we defended well, was because Brighton couldn't finish, couldn't make yeah. the most of their chances. That's the only reason that we didn't concede goals on, on Saturday. So let's forget, oh, we've had another clean sheet. Yeah, we did have a clean sheet. We didn't earn a clean sheet. We were given a clean sheet because Brighton were dreadful in front of goal. They played really well up until that point and they couldn't put their chances away, which has been their problem anyway. That's their problem last year. It's their problem the year before. That's, you know, but other than that, they were a good team and they played well-deserved to win and we didn't do enough. And again, in, in, away from home, we scored one goal in four away games. One. One goal away from home. And that was a free kick. Yeah. We haven't scored a from play away from home yet. In four games. I was literally, what we're doing, the, we're, Andrew, we're, sorry, Richard, we're doing the stream on during a match of both, both, both the men and women game and my brother popped up at the end he's, he mentioned I, was, I completely forgot about it at the time because I was lost in the moment yeah. of the game but yeah. that's a good yeah, that's a good point we yes. actually well, haven't scored an open play well, away from we haven't Manus, scored either. a goal in open play in an away game yet and you know you could say that we've had we had a tough away game at Man City not many teams go there and score fair enough mm. but the other away games you know Brentford I'm not saying that you know they're doing well but they, they're a team that can concede goals um, Burnley you know, there'll be plenty of teams will go there and score goals. And Brighton, yeah, Brighton are a good team, but I don't know how many clean sheets they've had at home. I know Everton beat them 2-0. They, they, Leicester scored there. So, you know, we're not scoring. We're not even creating chances to score goals. I feel sorry for Damiang. He was poor on Saturday. He, need, he needed to do more. But overall, the season, I feel sorry for him because he's not getting the opportunities, is he? The, the one game he got an opportunity against Tottenham, he took it, took it well. The one game against Norwich, he had an opportunity, he took it. You give him chances, he'll score. But we're far too negative. You know, the substitutions are negative. I just don't understand what the plan is. He, he, Alteta's been here 18 months, or maybe more now, and we've not improved. Two there's, years there's, in no December. There's, there's no plan. I just don't understand what's going on. I just Yeah, nearly two years, exactly. It's not like he's been here five minutes. It's nearly two years. That's a good point. It's actually longer than I thought. Yeah, and literally on... Um, 20, the 27th or 28th, because yeah, the, the yeah. Bournemouth game on Boxing Day was his first game, wasn't it? That's two, yeah. nearly two years ago. And it's like, what have we done in them two years? I mean, yeah, we won the FA Cup, that was brilliant. But since then, what have we done? We've gone backwards. We're no better now, no better than we were last season. We finished eighth, and other teams have improved. We'd be lucky to finish 10th at this rate. Well, it's not just, it's, the, teams that have, it's not just the teams that have improved that were in the league last year. Look at Brentford, they've just come up. Well, yeah, exactly. That's what I mean. There's the league stronger this year, I think, than it was last year. I think I thought it was quite weak last year. There was no, no one had any home form because of COVID. This year, yeah. I think we're going to be picking up points at home. Liverpool are going to lose seven home games this year, are they, for a start off? Yeah. So teams are going to be better this season. They're going to get more points. And looking at the way we've played in our first seven games, we're not better than last year at all. Apart from the 45, first 45 minutes against Tottenham, which was the yeah. same as the 45 minutes against Tottenham last year. So we've not improved at all. Nothing. No, I'd yeah. like to see, if any of you, I know Andrew's very positive and stuff like that. I'd like to see something that makes me believe that maybe something's improved because I don't see anything that's improved. Nothing at all. Well, I'd have to say the back five's improved. I don't, has I it don't, though? Last year we had the yeah, third best defensive yeah, record in the league. I'm not accepting that. I'm not accepting that. Who have we played, though, with them in the team? We've played Burnley, don't score. Norwich, don't score. Brighton, don't score. We've played three teams that never, never score against anybody. And we've kept playing teams. You can't tell me brilliant. that back five is not better than we've had before. You can't. No, but look at their defensive record. Look at our defensive record last season. It was good. That wasn't our problem last season. We've got a better goalkeeper now. I'll give, I'll give a stat. We've got a better goalkeeper than Leno. I think overall he's going to be a better goalkeeper. But the back four in front of him, 
Ben White's not done anything yet to prove himself. Tommy Asu has had a couple of all right games against mediocre teams. He struggled against Brighton because he was put under pressure for the first time. Let's see how he reacts. Hopefully he will. Tierney's been poor this season, worse than he was last year. Gabriel's a difference. Gabriel's back and fit, and he's looked a brilliant, brilliant player. But the other three aren't no better than what we was doing last year defensively. It's only the goalkeeper and Gabriel. Those two have kept us those clean sheets, just those two. Take you could swap the other two around in the back four. I don't think it makes any difference. But or the other three. Take put Gabriel well, and Ram it has improved you know, slightly. That's an opinion. My opinion is we have improved so oh, based on what though? Based on see, what I've just seen improving in terms of the way they're playing together as a team. They're growing and they're still only just started we've only seen this team playing as that five for the last three games. And if that's where they are now, then I can only see them getting even better from there. That's my opinion. No, no, I, I can understand why people can see, why people think that. But we've played against very, very average opposition when it comes to scoring goals, teams that don't score goals. So it's easy to defend well against teams that aren't going to score goals or put you under a lot of pressure. Brighton put us under pressure. We could have scored we could have conceded four or five. That wasn't down that was down to the fact that we didn't defend very well as a team. We got away with it because Brighton didn't finish and Ramsdale did okay on a couple of occasions. Yeah. Gabriel done a few blocks and we got away with it. We got away with it on Saturday, let's be honest. We didn't defend well, we didn't play well. And we can't, we're not going to, if we do that, if we keep playing like that, when we come up against teams like Liverpool, we come up against teams like Chelsea and we come up against City as we already have done, we've seen what they do to us. They will destroy us. And that makes no difference with the, the, the players that we've got in there. It's the system, it's everything isn't working. And I don't care what players we've got. We haven't improved. We haven't. Let's see how we got on the next. We've got Crystal Palace next, right? Vieira's up for that game. His players will be up for that game, right? Coming back to the Emirates, right? We've got Aston Villa. They're a good team this year. They've got a goal threat in them. Then, you know, we've got, um, I know we've got Man United. Yeah, we, we Leicester, yeah. Leicester away, another difficult game. Let's see how we come out of them. And if, if yes, if we're keeping clean sheets in them games and we put under a lot of pressure and we still come out of clean sheets, then I might start to think, okay, maybe there is improvement. But at the moment, up until now, I've seen nothing to suggest that we're any better in any area of the pitch than we was last year or the second half of the season before. I love this comment by Gary, by the way, on the screen. Thanos snapped his fingers and the positive Richard is gone. Hashtag Avengers Unite. This is nothing to be positive about. Seven games into the season and we are still... Every single problem we had last season is still there. Only they're probably magnified a little bit more because other teams have improved. And you can clearly see that when you watch other teams play. We haven't played most of them yet. And I've, I've, I'm worried about when we do. Crystal Palace, for example, our next game, they've improved massively this season. Look at the way they're playing. Their style of play, brilliant to watch. They're attacking, they're, they're scoring goals. They've got a great spirit about them. And that's going to be a tough game. Terry's in the chat as well. Big up, Terry. Hi, oh, Terry. Yeah. <laughs> I can't, can't, can't read that out, but you can read it. <laughs> <laughs> He's right, though. <laughs> And Steve saying they had two shot, uh, shots, same as us. Yeah, but they had all the ball. We allowed them. To, that's just another thing that pissed me off. Was, it's a reoccurring thing with Arteta that we just we sit back and let the home warway against anyone. Just sit back and let them have the ball, and we try to counter them. And it doesn't always work. No. It'll work, it'll work in some games and it worked against Tottenham in the first half and it'll probably work in other games at some point during the season it will do, there'll be some games it will work but unfortunately when, you, when you're so one dimensional as we are good coaches like the Brighton coach for example are just going to suss us out easily, we're easy to play against, I would imagine, if you've got, if you've got a half decent team and you've got a half decent manager we're quite easy to play against and we've seen that already this season because most teams have, have 
you know, even the two bottom teams in the league were, were competed against us, didn't they? Steve makes a good point. Yeah, and Steve makes a good point here. Thank God we didn't hire that loser Benitez who, with a depleted <laughs> squad, held Man United to a one-all draw at the weekend. Well, it's not just that game, is it? They've played well all season, ever. They've played all season. And look at Townsend. He's got, he's got a sick... We've seen Townsend. He's got consistency all of a sudden. So yeah. we haven't seen it for a while from him. Who would, who would have thought that Andros Townsend would be one of the players of the, the first two months of the season, ever, in any mm. season? And he is. Why is that? Because he's got a good coach who knows what he's doing and knows how to get the best, the best out of him. Yeah. Which one of our players has got better? We, we've said this before. None of them have. But why is Martinelli not even getting on the pitch? We needed a goal. Yeah. We nil nil. Why hasn't he got? Why isn't he bringing Martinelli on? Why has Martinelli done wrong? He, he was wasn't he the first teenager from South America that scored ten goals in his first season in, in yeah. English football? And yeah. since then, Arteta's come in. He's never get a game. He never gets a game. No. Ridiculous. That's a ridiculous well, we, decision. When well, he does get, and we just get a game. It's when he come back. He's come back from Tokyo and he's absolutely shot to bits fitness wise because he's absolutely shattered. Yeah, uh, well, yeah. I mean, he came back from an injury, didn't he? And he, he had a couple of decent games. He got injured again, and then he was out of the team. And then since then, he's got a few substitute appearances here and there. He played a few meaningless games at the end of last season. Got a goal was at Crystal Palace. He scored, didn't he? You know, mm. end of season game that didn't mean anything. He's not. Yeah. He's not been given any opportunity. <coughs> Bamiang was was crap on on Saturday. You could have took him off probably half an hour before you did. Before he did, and you could have brought Martinelli on. At least he would have given us something different, uh, give Brian something to think about. Because they had their defence yeah. was having to get let the cigars out because they had nothing to do. Well, only fourteen minutes. We never two. We never two downstairs in uh, <laughs> Melbourne and um, Andrew. And I'll start with you, Melvin. What, what, what are your thoughts on this, and what uh, Richard had to say? Well, I agree with a lot of it. Um, what I'd like to add uh, that Richard didn't mention, but obviously he's thought about it, is that when we are in a gear, first, second, or third gear, whatever gear we're in, and something goes wrong, we can't get up a gear. We're always going down a gear. We start the first five minutes okay, and if anything goes wrong, I don't mean giving away a goal, but the other team gets a couple of minutes possession, we don't suddenly say, right, let's go up, let's go toe-to-toe, boys. No, we suddenly go mm. back into a shell, and that happened on Saturday. I think Brighton, they're a very good team. They've got a great coach. I think he's done so well mm. the last couple of years with them. But the first five or ten minutes, you'd have fancied us. You would have really fancied us. We went at them. All of a sudden, they got a bit of possession. Instead of us going, right, we're going to do this, boys. Let's let's get back this ball. We just accepted that Brighton were going to have the ball. We didn't change anything. Either personnel-wise would have been too early, obviously, but tactic-wise or telling someone on the pitch to do a job, no. All we did, we sat back, we played in our own half for 90% of the rest of the first half. And that was the name of the game. And when you've got six foot 12 centre-halves like Brighton have got, every corner we gave away is going to be dangerous. And they could have scored a few goals. No doubt about it. It was basically, they were doing the um, the uh, the holding um, school of heading. They couldn't head it properly. They learned from him. But thank God for that for Saturday. But, you know, everything Richard said, I most of it I agree with. I think we, we've been, yes, we've played poor teams and we've just about scraped past the poor teams. I think perhaps last year we may not have even beaten those poor teams. I think there is a bit of improvement there. I really do. And I'm quietly, very quietly now, very quietly confident we might be a better team this year than last. But there are so many things that aren't right. Talking about Martinelli, yeah, that's something that's like you're thinking, what's he saving for Christmas? 
He's not saving him for European football. You know what I mean? What is he saving him for? And also, if Martinelli is to reach the heights with us, he ain't going to come in and, and start a game and be brilliant. You've got to bring him on 10 minutes, quarter an hour, 20 minutes. Give him a touch of the ball for a certain amount of games. Because that kid's got it. We've seen what he can do. He's got natural ability. He's got speed. Against uh, Wimbledon the other night when he played. All right, it's Wimbledon. But he was showing... He was showing bits of his old, old self. The old confidence was coming back. He was going past players. He was doing one, two. He was dropping his shoulder. I thought, this is good. I hope he gets a few minutes. No, we won't see him now. He's put him back in the freezer. That is so, so wrong. What's he bother put him on the bench for when he's going to pick other forwards to go on the pitch in front of him? I agree that Lacazette should have gone on in front of him because he, he, he would have done the right job and he did the right job, Lacazette. The only problem with that was bringing on Lacazette he brought him on too late. It was quite obvious. And I'm not sort of listen, I was I did the watch along with you, Ryan, right? Yeah. We was calling for that much earlier than when he came yeah. on. Well, we called for half time. Exactly, half time, right? And yet, no, he he picked him on much later on. It wasn't working. Odegaard. Not blaming him, he just had a stinker. One and okay. When someone has a stinker, you've got to say to yourself. Is there someone better on the bench? If there isn't, you've got to give the game up. Because that guy contributed nothing. I'm not having a game. He's just one of those games. And if he's contributing nothing, move it over. No, the manager wouldn't do that. And it was also, 72 think, minutes, Melvin. It was 72 minutes. 72, that's, that's disgraceful, yeah, 72 minutes. Yeah. That's really bad. <laughs> yeah. That's bad management, that, isn't it? It's bad management, yeah. That's I it think is. so. I honestly think so. I'm not, yeah. you know, I, I, that, that, that is the reason that I was getting frustrated on Saturday. Things like that. And I think, really, the big picture is, yeah, we might be all right, but there's so many things still that are gnawing away at me. Sometimes I think, and I hope I'm wrong, which I've been loads of times, I think the manager makes good decisions by luck rather than doing the good decision. You think, there's so many decisions he makes that are wrong that when he gets one right, you think, did he mean that or is it just a bit of luck? Did something <laughs> to make him do it. You know? Yeah, no, I that's the point I'm at. I'm sorry, but that's where I am. No, no, anyway. I, I agree with you. I, I agree with you. Yeah, I, I do. I do. I mean, you've got to ask yourself, right? And have Brighton in their starting 11, did they have a better players in their starting 11 than we did? I'm not sure that they did, right? But yet they dominated that game. And that to me is down to tactics and management. And right. Brighton have got a better manager with better tactics. And if we'd swapped managers, we would have won that game because we've got better players in it. I agree. And you know what made it for me? It was quite obvious. The best player on the park by a million miles was their left back, number three or whatever it is. Mm. Yeah. Did we Correct, change yeah. it to get extra cover for Tommy, who was having a stinker? Did we get extra cover? No. For no way did we change it to give a little bit more protection. He needed protection because that guy was doing it all. He was absolutely yeah, fantastic. Was. And we yeah, just let him yeah. do it. We didn't make any changes at all. And that, to me, I'm sure the Brighton manager rolls reverse. <coughs> yeah, mm. exactly. And that's exactly the point, isn't it? That That's why we're not going to progress as much as we could with the team that we've got. Because of things like that have happened constantly. They, they constantly happen nearly every single game. And he, he's too rigid, Arteta. And you can see he never stops. Um, I don't know whether it's having a go at the players, whether it's reassuring them. I don't know what it is, but he never stops on the sideline, does he? And sometimes no. you've got to let the players play. Set them up where you want them to play. You've worked on it all week in training. Let them do it. And if they're not doing it at half-time, tell them at half-time. Change it if you need to. But he's doing it every two minutes. 
Every two minutes, he's on, he's up and he's shouting at players, come back, do this, go there, be there. And it's like football doesn't work like that. They're, they're, they're humans at the end of the day. They've got to be allowed to express themselves, and they're not. They're player, I, I think every single player in that team has got another 20%, 10% more to give. They're not allowed to give it because they're being restricted. And you can see it quite clearly every single week that we're playing. And I don't care if we beat Burnley and Norwich 1-0. That's not, that doesn't, that's not, that shouldn't be where we judge ourselves. We, we need to judge ourselves on how we play when we, when we come against these tough away games, you know, weather conditions. It was, it was horrendous. That, that weather was terrible. It was the same for Brighton. But we've always struggled in conditions like that because we've got no bottle, we've got no heart. And that's unfortunately the, the way it is. Yeah. If the manager yeah. keeps shouting instructions to our players, Richard, he's showing yeah. no confidence in the players. Whether no. he means it or not, the players must be thinking, why does he keep having a go here? Even if he's not being yeah. um, constructive criticism, it might be just criticism or constructive criticism. Basically, let him, like you say, let them get on with it. Let them make their own mistakes. Let them get on with the game. Because if you're balking at players, number one, they don't need what you're saying. Number two, it's in the back of their mind that you are saying something. It can't be good for concentration or confidence. And this game did is you, a lot about confidence. Did you hear what he said? Did, did, you, did you see his uh, interview after the game? No, I didn't bother. Oh, did, you, did you not hear no. him after the game? I oh, I've got beef bits of it. I mean, what I heard, you know, not necessarily the words he said, but my understanding of the way he was talking and what he was saying was basically he seems like he, in his mind he's got this plan to play football, right? How he wants the team to play football. And it probably comes from Pep. It probably comes from his time in Spain, all that sort of stuff. Right? And he's got this plan. And he, as far as he's concerned, the players should be able to do it. Because at Manchester City, he said to him, you do this. And they went out and did it. No problem at all. Fantastic. Brilliant players, right? He's doing the same with our players. And then the players aren't able to, to recreate that on the pitch very often, right? And he isn't then able to think, right, I need to adjust this to suit what the players are capable of. And he's not done it. And he's had he's had nearly two years, if we said, to understand the team. Yes, yeah, some of the players are a bit newer. And, you know, he needs to understand them as well. But he's never shown <coughs> that so far that he's able to adapt to what he's got on the pitch, the players that he's got on the pitch. He's very rigid. And even when he tries to change things, he went to three at the back recently. Um, and you put three at the back before it worked in some games. And he went back to it again. But it was like, it wasn't flexible enough with the players that we had and it didn't work and after 10 minutes it's not working other managers change it they see it's not working right okay i thought it was going to work it hasn't worked we need to adjust it and as, as melvin said rightly on on saturday when that guy was just ripping tommy asu to pieces you've got to do something about that very very quickly and if you don't against, <coughs> you remember the game against chelsea their, their two goals were exactly the same two goals because we wasn't stopping that ball into Lukaku. We were coming inside. We did it once for the first goal. Right, change it. The manager's seen it. We all saw it. Change it. But he didn't. And we got caught out and got conceded another goal. And in fact, we were lucky not to concede another one later on exactly the same way. We've seen it sitting, sometimes watching it on telly, if you're in the stadium, you can clearly see it in front of you. He's on the sideline. He's the manager. He's got a coaching staff. Why isn't someone saying to him, we need to change this. We've got to do something about this or it's going to cost us. It didn't cost us at Brighton. It could have done and Luckily, it didn't. It did cost us against Chelsea. It's cost us in other games and it will cost us in the future because you can clearly see that he's not able to adjust and adapt to problems that occur during the game. He's got his plan beforehand and if that plan doesn't work, he doesn't know what else to do. And he's got no one to advise him, help him and say, look, actually, try this, do this, change this. You don't have to change the players on a pitch. Just change certain things about where they are, where they position themselves on the pitch. Stop these things happening. And he's not able to do that, Arteta. And he's had nearly two years, and he's never going to learn. If he's not done it now, he's never going to. And we're not a we're not an experiment. 
we're a we're a big serious football club or we should be we can't afford to keep going with this experiment with a manager that's trying to learn the job I, you know it's not what we are we, we shouldn't we should be a club that's you know able to or wanting to try to compete and i don't think we are looking at a transfer window we haven't wanted to compete looking at a manager we haven't wanted to compete and looking at our performances on the pitch apart from 45 minutes against tottenham we haven't really wanted to compete uh, Steve, I'll bring you back in obviously get your thoughts because you got cut off earlier. Just yeah, give, give your thoughts on obviously Saturday. Are you at all worried at all going for, with, the, with the attack and not a guard of an off day and all that? No, I mean, the thing is, we can all be defeated, you know, we can all have, take the negative view that we're not improving, we're not going to, you know, get up the league, we're going to get beat by, by lesser teams. But let's be honest, the Premier League is the toughest league in the, in, in the world and all the teams are tough. You know, and playing away at Brighton, who are who are going potentially was going to go top if they won that game. Um, they're all going to be games like that, and we have improved. You know, we, yes, we can score. You know, we we're not scoring as many goals, but you know, we build from the back, don't we? And he's had that team together for like what three games? That team, that particular set of players. You know, we talk about the first three games, and that wasn't our first eleven against those three teams. So we are going to improve, we have improved, and we'll continue to improve, you know. And when January comes round, you can look at, you know, bringing other players in and other players will move out. We've still got a lot of players that we need to move on, but I don't accept that we haven't improved, you know. And I know what Richard's saying and, I, you know, I agree with some of it, but no way do I agree with all of it. No way. Yes, that's fair enough, because, again, everyone has different opinions and all that is... It's about discussing it in a rational way, not whatever each other's heads off and going, you're wrong, you're wrong. But yeah, everyone's got their opinions. And as you said, you agree with some of it. And obviously, you're the same way around. They all agree with some of what you've got to say and hmm. vice versa. Um, but it's, I think it's more so the frustration of us. We, as we were saying, in the, when we was there, we were saying in the stream during the match, it was more frustrating. It's more frustrating because, yes, it's North London derby the week before. But for that forty-five minutes, they showed it's a frustrating thing. They show they can do, they can, they can play a different way. They can, they can actually attack within ten, mm. and take their chances and things like that. So they didn't come. I know it's, I know again the wind, the rain, the da 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 da, but this would be an excuse. I mean, again, we were talking again. We spoke about the years ago, the years gone by. The Roberto's of the year. They didn't. The weather, didn't, the weather didn't bother them. They just got on with it. They still got. Oh. They still managed to get a result. I don't think the weather was that big a factor. As I said earlier, it's the same for both sides. I think certain players just didn't. I think they've put certain players like Odegaard. I mean, you can tell from the Brighton side, though, they they were more organised. They've been played together a lot longer than our side has. And obviously, their manager is more experienced than our manager. And our manager is still still learning. And we employed him with no experience. So we can't really turn around and say, well, he hasn't got any experience because we employed him with no experience. And Mm. um, he's now starting to get his players into the side. Do you think that when they, you know, yes, they did employ him with no experience as a manager, obviously, but do you think that they expected him to be better than what he's been? To learn quicker or to, to adapt quicker to the situation? They must have Possibly. done, surely. I mean, he's, he hasn't got anybody sitting on his right-hand side that's more experienced than him to actually ask, you know, get some, you know, um, thoughts on the game. He's, he's literally there on his own, isn't he, really? 
Even Steve Round. Steve Round's a very experienced um, guy, isn't he? He's been around yeah, the block a bit. He's, he's worked with some top managers. Is he not? Is he not sort of person that should be advising well, Arteta? Arteta? Is that not what he's there for? He hasn't he? You mentioned that Arteta's very single-minded, isn't he? And he's, he's got his view on what he wants to do. And he tends <laughs> to go with that. Um, but you know, as I say, he's learning. The players are learning, and um, we will see better performances as we go forward. And with a young side, you do tend to get dips in form, don't you? Players do have dips in form. Yeah, and, yeah, no, um, you do. And we have to live through that. But I can't, I can't get on board with this. It's all wrong. It's all negative. It's all. No, no, I don't say that either. It's again, it wasn't. The, it's not the young players I'm having a go. It's the, it's the, it's the experienced heads. Yeah, Bamyang's that couldn't wait to get off the pitch when he got his number one up. But he actually spit goes the pitch. It is. No, yeah. I, I agree that the young young players are never going to have consistent performances week in, week out, every single game. But what what seems to be happening is um, everybody seems to have a bad game at the same time or everybody has a good game at the same time. It's not yeah. like, you know, you, you can if Saka has a poor game and, and the others are OK, then you're not going to really notice it too much. If, if Smith rolls off the ball but others are make up for it, then you're not going to notice it. But we aren't like that. If one has a bad game, pretty much all of them have a bad game. And... That that's you know, and that's not just the young players. It's uh, as Ryan rightly said, it's some of the older players, the more experienced players, have yeah, yeah. been letting them down. Probably more so, actually. I mean, you, you've got you can make allowances. I mean, Tommy Asso had, had a nightmare, but you can make allowances for him. He's new to the country, he's new to the league, he's a young guy, and he's going to hopefully learn from that, and he'll improve mm. on the back of it. Hopefully, he will. Let, let's wait and see. Um, you know, the same with Ben White. He's still young. He's lacking experience in the Premier League. He's only had one season before, and he's still adapting as well. And, and hopefully, he can get better. But you know what you're saying, Steve. I'm not disagreeing. But so far, I think that's more out of hope than 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 realism because there's nothing to say that these players are going to improve under this coach because no one has so far in two years. And potentially they could, and let's hope that they do. And I think that it may be more out of hope than anything because um, there's no, you know, do we know if Tommy Asher is going to recover from this Brighton game and suddenly play well in the next three or four games? We don't because we've not seen him do that. So we don't know if he can. We know what he's mm -hmm. potentially capable of from his first couple of games. He looked good, but he wasn't really put under that much pressure. He was suddenly put under pressure and, and he folded. Not, you know, and that, that can happen with young players. But we, we don't know for certain that he, he's going to be able to... <laughs> Cover from that and grow. Let's hope he can. And the same with some of the other players. We don't know where Ben White's going to get on. He, he did well at Brighton, but even speaking to, I spoke to a Brighton fan last yeah, week, and even he wasn't even their best defender. And we paid fifty million for it. The players growing together, isn't it? That's all the players learning from each other and growing together. Yeah, and, and but that was our policy, wasn't it? That, you look at the average age of that back five. Now potentially they've got seven, eight years in front of them, haven't they? Potentially. Mm. Yeah, but so what, what, what young players if need? If they're at that level now. Where are they going to be in six games' time? Where are they going to be in 20 games' time? Yeah, but they've got no one to learn off, have they? They've got no one to learn off. If we kept David Luiz for another season, even if he wasn't playing, they could have learned off David Luiz. Who they got to learn off? Ben White's got Gabriel to learn off. Gabriel's 23. Yeah, yeah, Tommy Asu's Tommy got, got Ben White to learn off. They're all together. They're all together. But, you know, I believe they will get better. And I believe they are better. Just, just to change the subject for a second. Sorry? Sorry, sorry, Steve. Just to no, say... No, no. Sorry, sorry, Steve. This is, you're talking about Ben White. Pay 50 million because we want a footballing centre half, right? Mm -hmm. Couldn't we have got for 50 million? I'm not going to go at Ben White because he's unknown. To me, he's unknown. We could have got a quality, proven centre half that ain't playing yeah. for a club 
We've got to have got John someone like John Stones. John Stones, I was just going to say John Stones, yeah, he's sitting on the John bench. John Stones yeah, yeah. would have fitted us perfectly. Number one, he's better in the air, right? Yeah, he will play, play yeah. football, right? He may not be out of a 50-yard ball, but you're not a 35-yard yard ball, right? Mm. He can defend as well. You know, this guy, and he's, and he's a bit tough as well, John Stones, he can give it as well. Mm. Why on earth has we did? That's we did, but I wouldn't. I would have thought if we'd have gone to Man City with fifty jibs and gone, you know what? He's never going to play for you. We'll give you fifty for him. I'm sure a deal could have been done. Yeah, no, I hundred percent agree. I, but you can see that, that with all the transfers that we've made, it's all about potential, isn't it? Every single one of them, and they, they they may well become really good players or they may not. We don't know. But what they need is, especially in, especially in defence, is made really important that you've got experience there for them to learn off. And when they're out of position or they've made a mistake, they've got somebody that can, to a Tony Adams type figure, not Tony Adams because there's no one like him anymore, but somebody like that to say, look, Ben, Ben, you need to be here. Next time, you need to be here. Someone next to him doing that. He hasn't. He's got Gabriel who's, who's playing really well, but Gabriel is charging around all over the place to cover for everybody else. He's not able to organise the defence as well as a more experienced player could because he's only young himself. And mm. that's what that's what we need. We need it in midfield. We need it in defence in particular. And also, I think we need more leadership in the forward play. I mean, Aubameyang's a captain. He's not a leader, is he? We know that. We've got no leadership anywhere in that team at all. And we've got a lot of young players, and that's what they need. And otherwise, they're not going to be able to, uh, to grow because they're not going to have that uh, they're not going to have that learning process because they've got no one to learn off other than each other. Mm. And you, you need something more. You need that experience, didn't you? I agree. John, John Stones would have, would have been worth £50 million pounds to us, I think, a player like that. You know, he's, like you said, he's not even playing, is he? Sitting on the bench at Man City, he could have been playing for us and he would have given us a lot more experience and leadership than yeah. anybody else that we've got, anyone else that we bought. And but what we needed to do was we needed to bring in one or two players <laughs> who are leaders, who are older, experienced players. Having got rid of David Luiz, it was important that when we got a new defender in, it was someone who had experience that could help the younger players. David Luiz had such a big influence on so many of them young players. They said it last last season, right? He had such a big, massive, positive influence on him. And now he's gone and no one's there to replace him and give that positive influence. When things are going well, it's easy. Anybody can play when it's going well. But when things aren't going well, that's when you need your leaders in the team to, to G everybody up and get them sorted out and, and make sure that they can turn the corner. We've got nobody who can do that on the pitch. He's doing games that, you know, yes, Arteta's at fault for that, we've said. But also on the pitch, none of the players are taking that responsibility and saying, look, we've got to sort this out. You know, someone should have said to somebody, come and help Tommy Asu because he's struggling here. Someone needs to do that. Organize it. Exactly. If Arteta's yeah. not doing it, one of the players, whether it's the goalkeeper, whether it's one of the centre-halves, whether it's Thomas Partey, somebody's got to say to somebody, to Saka, he was playing on the right in front of him, Saka, Come back and defend and help yeah. him out more because he's getting taken apart here. That's what we do when we play our bets team. If someone's struggling, you help them out. You, you mm -hmm. do it as a team. Your players do it. You don't need someone. You don't need the manager to tell you. But I think the players are too scared to do something that the manager's not told them to. So they're sticking to their rigid things rather than having think for themselves. Think, right, okay, he needs help. I'm going to help him. I'm going to drop in here and I'm going to help him. We don't do it. That's because we don't have the leaders or the experience in the team. And this is a problem that we've got. They might be better players than we had last year. They might be. I haven't seen much evidence of that as yet, but we'll give them time. But it doesn't matter if they are particularly. We've, they're, they're rudderless. It's a rudderless team. And we can have all these great young players. We could play our under-23s. Great young players, some of them. But it's rudderless. And it's not going to work. But if you, you, need, you, you, you truly structure. believe that, then, then we're done, aren't we? Because that ain't going to change anytime soon, is it? No, exactly. This is this is what this is what's frustrating yeah, me. Yeah, we'll be having the same conversation in Jan, you know, January, 
transfer window and you know, well, we'll season. see. We we might buy more experienced players in January, mightn't we? We might have one or two experienced players why? in, and then that will help. Why would we do it then when we could have done it during the summer? Because it's not working. Maybe that that might push them to think. Well, actually, maybe we do need got, experience. He's obviously got a plan in terms of we talked about. You know, not knowing the process. The process is obviously gaining younger players with high potential. That's what he, that's what he's doing. He's buying in yeah. players that are going to take us forward in the next five years. You know, we're not buying the Williams. We're not buying the David Luizzi. You know, John Stones, we could have got John Stones. We probably should have gone for John Stones, you know, because he's ready to go now, whereas Ben White could be where John Stones is, you know, in a couple of years' mm. time, couldn't he? You know, if Ben White develops the way he potentially yeah. could, he could, he could be, be John Stones is right now, but we didn't take that route. So we've got what we've got, you know, and apart from Xhaka who's obviously injured for a couple of months. We haven't really got anybody else who's going to be that type of player you described earlier. We haven't got exactly. it. And that's what and that's the one that's the one type of player that we're massively short of, isn't it? In the yeah. squad. Well, we and, haven't got them, so we can't we no. can't, you know, we can't keep going on, you know, this is what we need, this is what we need. So we haven't got them and we're not going to get them this time, you know. We haven't got them and that's and that's this is why this is the reason the fact that we haven't got them is the reason why I don't believe we can progress in the right way. Because of that reason, if we had those players, and if we get a couple more experienced players in January, then you can maybe see possibly then there's that. that you, you, I mean, somebody said it, didn't they, years ago? You don't mm. win anything with kids, right? And what mm. he, what, what wasn't mentioned was that Man United team had a lot of kids, but they also had the experience alongside them to guide them and help them through. And that's what we have, we've got. We've got basically we have got is it the youngest uh, eleven, the youngest starting eleven in the Premier League? I think we had, mm. or, or we've had. And you know, yeah. which is which is some people look at it and think, oh, brilliant, we've got a great young team that's going to be fantastic in three or four years' time, and that could well be the case. But in three or four years' time, we may well have a different manager. A lot of these players would have, would have left because of it's not working out, and it's, you you can't you need to have that experience there right now, and that's what we're lacking, and that's why that's why I don't see improvements and I don't see this team improving without that in it. And if we if we don't get that, and if that is the policy, and in, in January we're not going to do that, if next summer we're not going to do that, we're going to buy more and more young players, we're never going to be able to take that next step because they're all going to be growing together when you need they need to be guided more with more experience around them. That's what we that's what we're crying out for. You can clearly you can see the last three or four games. That's what we've been crying out for. We had Xhaka when he played against Tottenham, it's no surprise that we actually looked like we had a little bit more leadership. Do you think pitch. um if, if Jack had played in the Brian game we would have seen a different result or a different performance if Not necessarily a different result. I'm not not necessarily a different result, particularly. I mean, I suppose the way the game went, a draw, you know, Brighton would have probably played the same way. I think we would have seen a different performance. I, I do believe we would have done. I think yeah. we, wouldn't have, we wouldn't have got overrun as easily as we did. Um, would it have made a difference? Would we have won the game if if Jack had played? It's impossible to say. I don't believe that he would have... He's not the sort of player that wins your games, is he, Zaka? He's more the player that maybe stops you losing games. We didn't lose. So he's game, a, he's so... more of a defensive, yeah, and he plays well alongside yeah. party, doesn't he? So those two. Yeah, he does. Yeah. And, and I think he's going to be a big miss, a lot bigger miss than people have said. We need to improve the the forward side. None yeah, of that yeah, we do. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Can I just answer Steve F, who's come up with a couple of good points? Yeah, on the screen. Yeah, yeah. Saying that Martinelli should be playing, then and say no experience in things. All about you, Richard. You can have both, you know. You can have Martinelli and other players with experience. Listen, football's changed over the years, big time. But something, some things don't change. And one of the greatest ever managers this country's ever seen was Brian Clough. He got was getting a team together at Derby County, 
They were doing all right, and it was missing something. So what did he do? He bought a player that was finished, and I'm respectfully, this guy was brilliant, Dave Mackay. And he changed the whole ethos of the, 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 the team. You know, he didn't have to, have to move on the pitch, Dave Mackay. He knew where to stand, and he just barked his orders out, and he was a leader both on and off the pitch. And that pushed them to win the title. Because I don't think without Mackay, they would have done it. No, exactly, exactly. And that's what every every team needs, players like that. Even now, I know you're right, football's changed, and you maybe don't get those characters anymore. But what you do need is you need experience and you need leaders on the pitch. And that's the one we, we've been complaining about a lack of leaders for a long time. And now we've got even less than we had because David Luiz was a leader and he's gone. Xhaka's a leader and now he's injured. And they were the only two that we had. And that worries me now up until January when Xhaka's going to be out until... It worries me that you know you look you look at the bench. Who's on the bench that can come? That is there, and you think that they're a leader. They can come in, apart from Lacazette, possibly. And even he's not he's not the sort of leader that we need either, is he? Really? I think well, in January, Lacazette's probably going to be off in January, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah he, he may well. Be, yeah. Yeah. I only hope in, I only hope in January we don't make one of these signings. These oh my god, we've got to do it, you know, and we like get Gary Glitter. Because that could be the only leader we get. Now, now. Now, now. Political, political. But no, I mean, we don't want to get an emergency signing that's going to just eat up and sit around. We've done that enough times in the past. We don't want to be doing that again. No, no, we don't. But it needs to be part of the... It needs to be part of the plan going forward that we need to in we need to integrate some more experience with the young players. That's what we need to do. That should be the plan. Shouldn't be just let's get loads and loads of young players in and that's it. That that can be no, half no, the plan. Absolutely not. The other half. Yeah, that's what we've done. Yeah, exactly. Well, so we're only half, it's only half a job, isn't it? The way I look at it is yeah. it's half a job that we've done. And if in January and if next summer we we do the same again, then we're never going to get we're never going to go where we need to go because we, we're lacking. In, no, I'm saying, those young players we brought in, I believe, have improved us in those positions. I think Tommy Asu is a better right back than what we've currently got. And I think Gabriel and White were a better pairing than we had. And Ramsdale, for me, is a better goalkeeper and more of a ball playing goalkeeper than Leno. And that improves yeah. us in that. Well, and that's where I'm coming from. Mm. That's why I'm saying the improvement is and the fact that they're young and they're going to develop together. You know, obviously, like Conga. Yeah. Is he is he is he to play alongside Partey or is he to play instead of Partey as a backup? You know the two of them he playing together as a backup. He was brought yeah, as a backup. So them two playing that, together it? may not be the right way to go. You know, but if no. Partey gets injured, then Lokonga can take his place, can't he? Well, I mean, all I would say is this, right? You know, you, I'm not necessarily disagreeing that Tommy Asu isn't going to be a better right back than what we had and, and Ben White. But if Gabriel, if now with Jacker out. If Thomas Partey and Gabriel were both to be injured at the same time now, <laughs> we would we would struggle. I can't see us winning a game. Well, Mark, Mark Green makes a comment in the chat is on the screen here. It says January we've got no Partey, no obviously Granite's that injured, no Uber because obviously Afcons. If Lacquer goes, no Lacquer. Mm. So then, then we'll, what we got for a squad? Well, that's that's that our squad and our experience. That isn't very much as it is, and that's that's it gone. <laughs> yeah, that's with Jacko injured and Partey going on Shafcon, that's our midfield pivot. I, I mean, Jacko might be back by January anyway, by the time that comes round. But even so, then that's not really helping. And it's because we're getting one back, back and losing league. another one. He's not going to be fit, is he, back in January? Not, yeah, he's not match, few, that's the thing. He's not going to be match fit. Nor, yeah. And with that, we don't, we don't know when in January he'll be back either. 
So, so no. at one point, we're going. All we're going to have is the Congo because El Nanito golf as well because Egypt qualified, haven't yeah, they? Yeah, by then we'll have um, Jack Wilshire up to speed, won't we? So he'll get a short six months contract, <laughs> won't he? <laughs> we're all the right things on Sky. Part of the master time, plan. It's part of the master plan. <laughs> well, maybe you do that. Imagine a meltdown on on, on Twitter if it's a play, even if it's a plaisy uh, plaisy play contract. Yeah. They serve a meltdown, the idiots. Even yeah, though ultimately, ultimately though. If if we if we had um, better players than Wilshire in the squad to come in, then you'd have a right to complain about it. But I wouldn't. I, I would, depending on his fitness. Obviously, we don't know how fit Jack is. We don't know yeah, whether exactly. he's fit enough to, to play ten games, let alone play half. I think that's why they wait. I think that's why they're sort of doing what they've got. Yeah. Do if, training if, and see how it goes. Yeah, if his fitness yeah, is fine. So and say if, January, not saying now. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. But if, if I, I would offer him, a, I would offer him a contract because he's better than most of the midfield players that we've got in terms of ability. Right. It's just his fitness. Yeah. I would offer him a false. I wouldn't say pay, pay for play. I'd actually offer him a proper contract because we've got El Nenny on a contract. Do you know what I mean? Having El, surely having Walsh on a contract is a better, better, a better option in the squad than, than El Nenny. Do you know what I mean? Without a shadow of a doubt, I just can't understand why people would even complain about that. If he's fit, he's got. To, you've got to give him a contract, even if it's just a year or till the end of the season, whatever it is. Not a pay per play. Just just get him a contract till the end of the season to begin with. If he's fit, mm. because he's he's much better than anyone that we've got in that midfield. Anybody, he's better than all of them. Because Kalazan actually yeah. still on a contract, didn't we? What's that? Kalazan actually still on a contract, didn't he? Well, yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. I'm saying there's loads of players on contracts that shouldn't even have a contract, and people are going to complain if we give Wilshire one. <laughs> I mean, come on. <laughs> yeah. Complain about some of the other contracts that we've given out. Not Don't complain about that one when he's better well, than he what we've got. Well, we've only actually properly sold one player, haven't we? Out of all those players we wanted to move on. And it's funny, isn't it? Because the one player that we sold is a goal-scoring midfield player, which is a player we don't have. And he's not to be fair, he hasn't, he hasn't pulled out any trees at Newcastle, has he? Well, no, but then look, look how they're struggling, aren't they? I mean, he's yeah, got a lot yeah, of goals yeah. from the end of last season. That, that, he's in yeah. a poor team there, isn't he? You know, you, yeah, I know yeah. he's he had plenty of chances at Arsenal. I don't think he was quite up to the level that we needed, perhaps. And the, I don't think selling was a bad thing. It's just that he is a goal-scoring midfield player, which we don't have one, do we? We don't have anybody else. <laughs> when was the last time one of our midfielders scored a goal? When was the last? Yeah. You know, I can't even remember. It just doesn't happen, does it? They just don't score, do they? Well, we don't score many full stop, do we? If we're honest, we don't no. score that many. No, we don't. But we all, we've always had, haven't we? We've always had the midfield players who score goals, haven't we? Santi Cazorla always scored goals. Even Arteta, when he played, scored goals from midfield, didn't he? Ziki, and you can name them. Ziki, yeah. Ziki, yeah. We, we've always had them. We've always had them. It's been, it's been Jack Wilshire used to score goals, Fabregas, yeah. But now, literally for the last probably two or three years, or maybe more, we haven't had a, Aaron Ramsey was obviously the last one that we had who scored goals from midfield. But since he's gone, We've had nobody. No they don't yeah. score at all. They, none of them score ever. It's not like they get one or two goals every so often. They don't. They don't score at all. None of them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, party will score one day, though. One of those shots will eventually will hit the top. He's going to be. He's going to have. A, he's going to be a John Jensen, isn't he? He's going to I'll score one goal. An absolute. I was there. Yeah. one of them. Yeah. That's what it will be. He'll only ever yeah. score one goal. It will be a good goal, though. It'll definitely be a good goal. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. He tries. At least he has a go, though, doesn't he? I mean, at least he has a go, but. They're not even close. Most oh, yeah, exactly. No, they're not really? close at all. He hit the post, though. didn't was it last season? He hit the post in one shot, didn't he? I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, that chance he had the other day when he, he ran onto it and he tried to pass it. Into it's the Tottenham, yeah. That, that, you know, he should have scored that to be fair. That was his probably yeah. one of his best efforts. He still didn't hit the target, but it was no. the idea was there. Mm -hmm. 
No, but that's, that is that is a big issue that we've got. I mean, yes, we're not scoring goals at all from anywhere, but every every team that's going to do well get as a midfield player or two that do pop in with goals on a fairly mm. consistent basis, and we haven't had that for a long time. And looking at what we've got at the moment, it doesn't look like we're going to. I mean, Lacondo isn't a goal scoring midfield player, is he? You know, no. he looks like he's got potential and and he's going to probably be a decent player, but he's not going to score your five ten goals a season, is he? he doesn't look like that sort yeah. of player. Well, and, at the moment, you know, anyway, as I said, he's, he's young and he's learning on the, learning on the job sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, he is. And it's not, it doesn't even look like that's not even his style, is it? To, to, to you know, make them late runs into the box and get on the end of things that, that you see other midfield players do in, in virtually every other team in the Premier League, certainly that the top end teams do. And I mean, look at Man City. All, the, all Man City's goals come from midfield players. Every single one of them. They, yeah. they don't have a striker. Literally. Well, they don't play for yeah. striker, do they? <laughs> don't no. play for striker. <laughs> no. So, but they've got midfielders who score. Yeah. Can I ask yeah. a question? Do our midfielders wear boots with wedges at the front like that? Because all their times they shoot goes over the bar by about 20 yards. It's yeah, like do, a golf yeah. club. they got a golf yeah. club at the front of their boots or something. Yes. They don't even just... get it eight foot, less than eight foot over the, off the it's ground. The strikers as well, yeah, it's yeah. Just, yeah. strikers as well, Mel. They're not just the midfield players. Oh, but sure, yeah. Right. yeah, strikers are some of the strikers <laughs> as well. Actually, hey, no, I put it 20 feet yeah. over the bar. How can they Play do that? Brilliant yeah, shot. They mean it. Yeah. It's absolutely marvellous thing to do if they mean it. Put it that high over the bar. Uh, uh, Gary's saying Pike will score when he shot pinballs off a defender. <laughs> He's got to keep it below the crossbar first, though, isn't he? Yeah. Well, that's the thing. Up till yeah, Saturday. Yeah. We were saying before the game, up till Saturday, literally, we were praising him like pre season. Obviously, starting when he has coming up from his little injury and all that he had. He's actually, we've seen a better party. We've seen the part we, we, we were signing for Mathletti in yeah, the first yeah. place. And his shots were low. Unlike last year, every shot was ditching in row Z and empty stands. <laughs> this, this, all the shots were low on target, most of them, or testing the goalkeeper or defence. And then yeah. Saturday comes hey, Richard, along, we mentioned it, and he just goes in row Z again. <laughs> you're a good stats, man. How many, games, how many games was it before Burkham scored? Eight. Yeah, there you go. Southampton, or what? I think it's the Southampton away. Home, yeah, it was, yeah. but, home, but, Ber- home, yeah. but Burkamp was a player that had scored goals in his career. Thomas Pike yeah. is not a goal scorer, is he? He's not a goal scorer, but he's never has been. He scores a, a yard goal. He scores every now and then, yeah, even after that, he scored every now and then. But I'll tell you something, I know we, we, we're getting bearish about Arsenal, and perhaps for, we are to a degree, but I don't think Tierney, Tommy, Partey, Odegaard, the name just for. I'm taking um, Aubameyang out because I think this is true about him. I don't think any of those four will have as bad a game again. They were no, shocking. Well, I mean, there's a few, there's I, a few. Melvin, Melvin, to be honest, I don't think that was Tierney's worst game. He's had worse games this season than that, Tierney has. Possibly, yeah, but he was poor though, wasn't he? Even in the no, box. He was, he oh, yeah, yeah. I think he's had worse games. I think he's had worse games this season, Tierney. He's, he's, I don't think he's played well at all, all season, actually. I think he's been poor, really be- well, below yeah, his he set very high standards, didn't he, last season in particular? And he's not got anywhere near that this season for whatever reason, I'm not sure. He I looks think, like I he hasn't got any confidence, has he? He's yeah, got no, he's Odegaard, got no... I think Odegaard had a particularly poor. I mean, his first touch was awful, wasn't it? Yeah, everything coming to him, just bounced off him. So that was our link, wasn't it? You know, that was our link gone then because he wasn't holding the ball and Tommy was getting roasted. All the time, was it? Although, you know, he wasn't getting left for dead, but he wasn't winning as many, 
you know, 50 no. 50, was he as he was? Yeah, like he before. Would, would do normally, yeah. Um, be it, what the chances of Miguel Aziz coming back in general? We've got a, there's a big, obviously, the big news obviously in the last few weeks came out that we've got that recall option come January. Mm. I think we're gonna, I think we are gonna, what, um, trigger it because he, he ain't even playing at Pompey at the moment. He's not getting very many minutes, is he? No, apparently. So we're getting, so we're getting you've got, you've got, a, you've got to wonder what he can add to our squad when he doesn't have the experience that we're crying out for. He can't get a game in League One for Pompey. You know, mm. it doesn't it doesn't make sense that we we, we call him back and do what with him. Arteta's not going to pick him in the team. So it's either either call him back into a club that actually will play him, or just well, yeah, send him somewhere him else. I agree with that. Send him somewhere yeah. he can play. He's not even coming back to us. He's never going to get in our team. Martin yeah. he can't get in our team. There's no way Aziz is getting in our team. You know, Balogun, he's not getting a game in our team. Aziz isn't what we need, is he? He's a good young player, and I'm sure if he can yeah. get some experience from yeah. he's not what we need now. He's not what we need now at all. I would be looking, if we're going to get a loan in in January, which we might well get some loans in, loaning a couple of experienced players in midfield particularly, and maybe Jack Wilshere offer him something. And then we may mm. find that we've got a little bit more experience in the team and in the squad. And then we may well see a bit more consistency and a bit more progression in the way that we play. Yeah. And that's what we're lacking. And we're never going to get it with this young team. We're not, unfortunately, because that's what happens with too many young players. They don't, they can't um, deal with the adversity as easily because they don't know how to, because no. they've not really experienced it before. But you've got to believe that this is part of a, a building process and we're, we're not at the finish of yeah. the building process, are we? we this is where we oh, are no, right no. now. You don't get time, do you, Steve? You don't get time in football. You don't get time in football. Look at, you know, look at Watford. They've just, they just got rid of their manager. They've got them promoted. You know what I mean? I know. Well, Ranieri's back, isn't he? So. But yeah, I mean, well, yeah. Yeah. it's a very difficult market at the moment, isn't it? What with Brexit and the pandemic, and you know, the, it's very difficult to get good quality players at the right money, isn't it? You know, I mean, you look yeah. at We can't, we can't sell it. I think, you know, as you said, and I totally agree with you, that the, the club haven't been looking at that. They've not been looking at more experienced players. They've been mm. looking at the young kids. That's what they've done. Yeah. That's their that's their idea. So regardless of what the market was like, I don't think it would have made any difference. <coughs> we spent the most money this summer. We spent the most money. So we had money to spend. We've just spent it all. We've gambled it all, in a way, on these young players at some point becoming a good team. And they may do. And it may take time. But what happens in the meantime? You know, if we've got another season or another two seasons out of Europe, are these young players going to stay with us? Saka, Smith Rowe, you know, some of these others, Tommy Asu, you know, these might be players. Thomas Partey is probably the prime example because he's he was playing for Atletico Madrid in the Champions League, the Champions League final, wasn't he? Not that long ago. Mm. And he's going to be scratching around, not even getting in Europe. Is he going to want to stay and do that? See, so it's all very well having a process, but unfortunately, you, the football isn't like. Uh, other businesses where you can do that in football it's a, it's a results business and it has to be fairly quickly you have to get results quite quickly or mm. people just move on managers move on players move on and and things change very quickly in football and and that's unfortunately the way it is and i don't think anybody whether it's us as fans whether it's the 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 board or whatever it is how much patience is everybody going to have? Are, are we prepared to, to sit for the next three years, hoping that this young team or more young players that come in are going to progress us to where we need to be? Or do we think, actually, it's not? It's going to take too long? We need to change the policy to, to get it a little bit quicker because we can't afford to waste for three more years. We've just wasted the last two. Yeah, it's a fair point. But I think they've made they've cast, cast the dice, haven't they? They've, they've gone with Arteta, the young, inexperienced manager, that buying young players. That, that sets the tone, doesn't it? 
I mean, that's what that's yeah. that's where their their um, their vision is: younger players, young manager. And if you brought in, I don't know, uh, you know, Conte or something like that, he he's going to want to buy his own players, isn't he? And then you go start looking at. But then, uh, but then, what, why aren't we looking? I mean. Why aren't we looking at, say, for example, the Brighton manager who probably wouldn't Wait, demand well, loads and loads well, of yeah. big name players and could probably get more out of what we've got because he's he's used to working with slightly less lesser players, if you like, at Brighton and he's done really well and he looks like a good coach and he out tactic Arteta on Saturday and he's done it in the past as well a few times. So mm. you know why aren't we maybe look instead of looking for, for men like Conte? I agree, Conte doesn't fit our our, um, our policy at all, does he? Not not in no, any way. No. He'd be a great manager. I'd love him, but. For that to work, we would need the club to be right. Okay, we're gonna we're gonna back you financially. We're gonna get the players that you want, and obviously the club aren't going in that direction. Somebody mm. like a Graham Potter would be a much better fit for Arsenal going forward with the current policy because he would, I think, get more out of what we've got already. And then you know when he's looking at adding players, he, he would probably be quite happy adding some young players in, wouldn't he? Mm. Going down that route and being confident that he could get the best out of them because that's what he's done in his career uh, in Sweden as well. I mean, that, that team in Sweden, yeah, he, he got them from like the fourth Lost tier into like yeah. Europe, didn't he? Do you know what I mean? Beat us. Beat us in Europe. Beat us, yeah, that's what I mean. <laughs> I mean, what an unbelievable job he did there. You know, and then he went to Swansea and did, yeah, he did okay, but he, he's got a clear vision. He's got, a, and he's able to, you know, he can, tactically, he's brilliant. And he's young he's, and he's got experience of being a manager in the Premier League now, is those that, um, big clubs, you know, we are a big club, and big clubs don't employ English managers, do they? Young English managers, they just don't, they just don't go there, do they? No, and it's a shame because there's a it few a shame, out there. That, but they just that, don't. I mean, I mean, let, let's know, let's be honest though. I think, I think we all know, and I think we're all prepared. To, well, surely we all know that the next Arsenal manager is going to be Patrick Vieira. I think we all know that. Well, that'd be Deep brilliant. Down. Give him two yeah, years. Especially the way he started the Palace. Yeah, give him a year or two years of Palace. Open doors for him. Yeah, absolutely. Because he's already, you know, he's got experience. He was managing America. He's been managing France. Yeah, yeah. He's had experience. He's had what five, six, seven years experience of being a manager already. Yeah. And he's got experience. And if he has a good season in the Premier League, with, he's doing well at Crystal Palace already. But if he has a decent season, he can back it up. To mm. me, he's, he's a number one choice. He, I, I guarantee he. That's what he wants. He wants the Arsenal job. Guaranteed. The reason, one of the oh, reasons of why he's at Palace is because he wants the Arsenal job. He wants to prove himself in the Premier League so that Arsenal will come knocking at his door. And I'll be amazed if he isn't Arsenal's manager within the next 18 months. I'll be amazed. It's not a bad show. Well, I was watching much today the other night because obviously Palace were playing and um, after any analysis of the game, they actually compared Roy Hodgson's last season last year to Vieira's start already this year. And it's already a massive improvement. In, in both in both aspects, defensively and midfield, and the attack. Yeah, no, I, I saw that. And I, sometimes you get a new manager comes in, and you, you, the team gets a lift for a very brief period of time, and then it settles down. And it'd be interesting to see what happens at Palace over the next, you know, two or three months, uh, whether he can keep that improvement going. And if he can, and Palace do well, and if they improve on where they've been the last two or three years under Roy Hodgson, then he's put himself in the shop window. And surely Arsenal is a club he wants to come to. Let's be honest. He, he would jump at that opportunity, wouldn't he? How popular would he be with the fans? An actual proper Arsenal legend. Not a half legend like Arteta was, who played in a pretty poor Arsenal team. But Vieira was the leader of one of our, probably the greatest team in Premier League history. And he's, he's proven himself as a manager. Well. The ideal, yeah, for me, that would be ideal. And I wouldn't even care if we were crap. 
I mean, history dictates that never works, but can he you would. Can you imagine so. Arteta doing that? Can you imagine Arteta doing that? In the oh, last minute of the game, bringing on, <laughs> bringing on Lacazette to take the penalty. That would no, be brilliant. If he scored, <laughs> he's fine. If he scored, if he's fine. In the, in the WhatsApp chat, I, I was saying to Melvin, we were saying that me and Melvin going back and forth, and I was saying, if Arteta did that, he'd fucking meltdown on <laughs> social media. <laughs> yes, right, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was, yeah. He'd be like fucking fire stick for pitchforks outside the Emirates. <laughs> Oh dear! I mean, there's a few people. Yeah, that's true. Um, there's a few people have mentioned the Smith throw. Obviously, he had a chance to have a, have a shot, and there's a chance he could have set up Saka. But again, he's a, again, he's not, what? He just turned 21, 2021, 20, mm. give or take. He's, young, yeah. he's still learning. He's, he's still learning. Give him, this time next year. That, that opportunity comes right in the next twelve in twelve months' time. He takes he does the right thing. Mm. Hopefully, yeah, it's absolutely. all absolutely. Hopefully, you'll learn. I it's, mean, yeah. he's not the, the problem. Is right. I mean, we love Saka and Smith Rowe, right? and they're our shining lights in this team. But neither of them are natural goal scorers, are they? They're not natural goal scorers. They get also, the odd goal, but they're not natural at that at doing that, are they? Unfortunately. But also, yeah. But also, it's all be put on Saka and Smith Rowe. Either they, no. they're literally meant to be learning their trade at this age. They're not even meant to be hitting their see, peak yet. This, this goes back a little bit to, to last season. Right? If you remember, Boxing Day, we beat Chelsea 3-1 at home. Very, very similar that was to when we beat Tottenham 3-1 at home last week, right? Saka and mm. Smith-Rowe were the stars of the show. We then went on mm. a run after that of games where we, we did okay. We kept quite a few clean sheets. We beat Brighton 1-0, West Brom 4-0. We beat um, Newcastle 3-0, I think it was. We had a lot of clean sheets after that. And then it looked like we'd had a really big upturn. And then it dropped off because we were relying on the young players. And as Steve rightly said before, they have mm. a drop-off. They always do. They, they're not going to yeah. put 20 games together in a row. And, and the same thing's going to happen now. This reminds me so much of that kind of run just around Christmas time that lasted five or six, seven games, and then it dropped off. And it's going to happen again because there's nothing else to say. It won't. There's nothing to show that it won't happen again. And it's starting to happen again. If, if Brighton could could be the game when it's starting to happen, we'll see what happens when we come back after the international break. That helped us last time, didn't it? We, we regrouped mm -hmm. and came back with a slightly different players in the team, fair enough, and a slightly different approach. And let's hope that the, the, the international breaks come at a good time again. And when we come back, we can push on. But we've got some really tough games. And it worried me that we're going to... The, the level is difficult to get back up again because we've got so many young players. When you drop your level... It's hard to get it back again. I just yeah. want to say this in response to this end, but it says Conkey's like bringing Vieira because the Venga connection. But didn't Arteta play Vavenga 
Well, exactly. Yeah, exactly. That's rubbish. That is that is rubbish. Yeah. He obviously, they obviously would because, like you said, they brought Arteta in. So I, think, I don't think that's that's a, that's a reason. It might be that Vieira. The thing with Vieira, though, he'd be more expensive than Arteta, wouldn't he? Yeah, exactly. That's yeah. that's that'll be the that'll be the difference, maybe. But then, if you want, if you want better people, you have to pay more money for them. That's in any industry, isn't it? Well, we've heard that you know. this about, you know, we didn't want to go for an expensive manager. And Arteta was, from that perspective, a cheaper option, yeah. He was, you know, um, you know, and all the other top clubs have all got managers that have managed at <coughs> the highest level. We've got a manager that hasn't. Yeah. He's learning no, no, job, you, isn't he? He's learning as he goes. Yeah, yeah, no, you're, you're, you're totally right. And, and, you know, this is... If that's the ambition of the club, which it seems to be, and the owners, then we are going to have to maybe suffer, if, if, if you want to call it that, for a few more years. And even then, there's no guarantee. Where's the, where's the end? Where's the end of the tunnel? Then, if you like, because if we keep getting in young players and young players all the time, we're, we're never going to reach that next level. We're going to stay at that kind of level where we are. You know, the individual players might improve, and, and some aspects of the team might slightly improve, but then. We're not going to be able to push on without that extra experience. Well, no, without you're, those, you're, you're probably keeping players. hold of the young players, won't you? You're yeah, you will. Keeping yeah. over ECR and you know Saka and potentially Martinez. Yeah. You'll have problems keeping hold of these players if we're not qualifying for European competition at the highest level. They'll be yeah, exactly. by the bigger yeah. clubs, won't they? The Man City yeah, and, and the, will come in, and yeah. their heads will be turned. I know they're playing for the badge; they love the club, but you know, at the end of the day, they want to win trophies and. You know, if the big money comes in, I'm sure they'll look at it. Exactly. Even if, if we're in Europe, then it becomes less we, of an issue, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, we, we're going to end up, you know, if we're not careful, <laughs> if this is the policy, we are going to end up in a not-too-distant future in a similar situation to a club like Southampton and Aston Villa having to sell our best players just to enable us to buy more young players to sell on later on. That's going to be where we'll end stay up. In the league. Or stay in the league. Well, I don't think it'll quite get that that bad. I mean, hopefully not, but yeah, no. I suppose potentially. We've hit, bottom, we've hit bottom, and you know, you can't get much worse than that. But no, no, you, yeah. you, you're right. But hope, hopefully, you know, the, the the owners, if the owners are still there, will see that that's going to be the cycle that we'll be in if if we don't change it, because that's mm. the cycle that we're heading towards. I can see, you know, and I, and I, I even said at the start of the season when the transfer window was finished that. Um, our transfer policy seems to have been driven a little bit by by young players in cheap to sell on at a profit in a couple of years' time when they when they improve. And if that's the policy that we've got, then we're definitely going down the Southampton route, aren't we? And the Aston Villa route. Mm. For a club like Arsenal, that's just for me. That's I, I can't accept that as being the right way for this club. You know, and I don't. You know, we finished eighth the last two seasons, and if we finished seventh or sixth this year, and people say that's that's progress, yes, it's progress, but that's not the sort of progress I want. I want us mm. to be in a position where we're challenging again to be in the top four. We're challenging for the big trophies. I don't know. We're not ready for that, but that should be the ambition of the club. We should have a prize. So right in two years' time or in three years' time, we we, we want to be doing that. Yeah, I think Steve's like in your chat. He wants to Steve, talk the, game was nil, the game was nil nil. It was absolutely yeah. shit. It would take two minutes to discuss that. Why do we need it to talk about the game? Days. It was terrible. It rained. It was windy. But yeah, Melvin's right, got to go. You. So. you know, I've got to go a bit early. Sorry All about right, that. Cheers, yeah. Steve. See you, Richard. Speak to you soon, boys. Speak to you soon, mate. Cheers, Melvin. Melvin. See you. See you Wednesday. Bye. The thing for me for the game was, you know, I know I'm banging on about we are improving, but it was disappointing. You know, we went into the game thinking we're on a roll. It's Brian away. 
you know, it's going to be a tough game. We all knew that, but we got the team we wanted. We all picked the team, didn't we? The previous show, mm. we, we all said yeah. about Makonga coming in. We're all happy with that. And two or three of them had a mayor. You know, let's be yeah. honest, the two or three of them had a mayor. Yeah. And Brighton played like they were a, a unit. They played, they had a, they had a system, they played to it. We uh, we were a bit disjointed. We weren't we weren't at the races. I mean, we could have nicked it, and we'd all said, "Great, you know, one never away. We'll take that." But it would have been a nick, wouldn't it? And you know, Ramsdale mm. dropped the ball, and then another day that goes in the back of the net, doesn't it? And you know, he was saying, yeah, he was saying. If uh, Brian had their shooting boots on, we'd have lost that four or five nil, wouldn't we? Easily. Yeah, but we, we didn't. We, no, we didn't. But we didn't. But that season, was we talk about fine lines, don't we? At the end of the season. You know, we miss out on Europe by a point, or we get into Europe by a point. You can look back at that Brian game and say, "Well, you know, that's that point we we gained. That that's the difference, isn't it? That's the fine line." No, in 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 a, in a way that could well that could well happen. You know, we, we're never too far away from where we want to be, do we? But um, that that wasn't to me. That wasn't a point that we gained. It was a point that we were gifted by Brighton being so yeah, um, yeah. so poor in front of goal. And there'll be other games where we play really well and we should win. And we draw, and we'd only get a point where we should have got three. And there'll be games like that this season as well. And there'll be other games when maybe you know we're poor again and we scrape a draw. And it's it swings and roundabouts in the season, isn't it? I suppose. And you know, you look at it and say, well, a draw away at Brighton on paper isn't a bad result. They're doing well. They're a good team. A lot, a lot of uh, a lot of teams will struggle to, to get results against Brighton this season. But I don't look at the result more than I looked at the performance. We didn't deserve a draw. We were lucky to get a draw. We didn't deserve a clean sheet. We were lucky to get a clean sheet. And that's kind of almost clouded everybody's view. A lot, I've seen a lot of comments on social media saying, well, you know, we've got a point at Brighton. They're a good side. Difficult conditions, a difficult game. And yeah, we got yeah, a point. Yeah. <coughs> yeah, we did get a point. And you can't argue with the fact we got a point. But ultimately, mm. I look at the performance. We didn't deserve that point. And it's not like, you know, if, if sometimes I look at a game and if, if we draw, if we draw say, 1-0 or we draw 2-2 two, two, or we scored goals, and even if we didn't play well, but we've, we've scored a couple of goals and you think, OK, well, you could say maybe we deserved a draw. We didn't even offer any goal threat whatsoever. We almost defended for 90 minutes. And if you play Man City away and Liverpool away and you get a 0-0 draw defending for 90 minutes, you can put your hands up and say, you know what, that's a good point, that, because they're, they're a very good team. This is Brighton. We'll fight, fight relegation every year. Now, I'm not saying that they've not improved. They're a good team. But we shouldn't be hanging on for 90 minutes against Brighton and coming away thinking, oh, my God, thank God we got a nil-nil yeah, draw. What a great result that is. I could use another, another you know, viewpoint whereby, you know, a good side doesn't lose games. And we didn't lose the game. You know, we could, yeah. we could you know... But that was more luck than judgment. That, the thing it? is, we didn't lose the game. We didn't play well. We didn't lose the game. The unbeaten run, albeit, you know, only a few games, goes on. Another clean sheet. That ain't, that ain't the end of the world, is it? It's not the end of the world, no. In terms of the, the like I said, on paper, it's not the end of the world. <laughs> we got a draw, we got a clean sheet. We didn't lose the game when we could easily have done, although I think that was more by luck than design. You know, we, we were fortunate not to lose the yeah, game. Yeah, but we'll take that. Um, you know, and Steve in the chat says, yeah, you know, all, all their possession that they had, they didn't create anything. Well, they actually had 22 or 23 shots at goal, yeah, a lot of them were off target, but that's not down to the fact it wasn't our good defending that made them shoot off target. It was their poor finishing. You know, mm. if you have 22 shots at goal and only two of them were on target, that's not because we defended well. That's because we were ripped apart at will. They put the ball into the box that we couldn't deal with and they had loads and loads of chances. And 
you know, it would have been maybe better in a way if they'd had maybe four or five, six shots on target. Ramsdale's had a great game. You could say, oh, brilliant, you know, what a great performance that was. But we were fortunate that they couldn't hit the target. That's, it comes down to that fact. We were lucky that they couldn't finish. And better teams than them will, will not get that lucky if we play like that again. And again, we wasn't that lucky at Brentford. We played similarly against Brentford. We wasn't that lucky because Brentford scored. They took their chances and scored. You know, we, we were slightly fortunate at Burnley, maybe. They had a few opportunities. We got our goal and we managed to hold on. But we can't keep being lucky. At some point, you've got to earn what you get. You've got to earn your points. We didn't earn that point. And also, and with that, I'll get what you said. Well, nearly, I think it was in the second half, Ramsdale doesn't do it. Do, he doesn't dive in, dive out and sort of get hands the ball, push it out. Hmm. Uh, Mopai's there really to tap it in. And that's technically not even a shot at goal, is it? Because it was a cross. No. Him getting in the it way stopped that from happening. Yeah. No, but it wouldn't even go in the stats as a shot on goal, would it? Yeah. He, he's done well. He's, he's saved us there, Ramsdale, in that particular yeah. incident. Um, mm. But, you know, that, they had all those shots and that wasn't even one of those shots that they had another 22 yeah. shots apart from that, yeah. that they, they mm. could and should have scored at least two or three goals. And we were lucky. Let's be the lucky Arsenal. Let's, you know, let's take that. That's one of the positives I take away is that Ramsdale, again, even though he did drop the ball, as we mentioned, he was fouled, but he did drop the ball. Yeah, yeah. But he was fouled. But apart from that one brief sticky moment there, he still was consistent throughout the entire game. He still, he still yeah, he was good. on the pitch. Ramsdale's good. And I, I yeah, totally agree with yeah, Steve. Ramsdale, yeah. Ramsdale is, the, is the biggest upgrade that we've had in, in this summer yeah, by a mile. Yeah. He's, a, he's the biggest upgrade. I think he's, he's a future a, he's captain, isn't he? You can see him being a captain, can't you? Yeah. You can see he's got that way about him. He's not frightened to have a go at the players. I mean, so he's far, I know it's early days. He's only yeah, played like four or five games, right? But he, he looks to me to be the best goalkeeper we've had since Jens Lehmann. Yeah. 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 I think he's got. He looks already. He looks that good, doesn't he? And it, he's brilliant. But his, passing, his passing out is really spot on, isn't he? Yeah. That. And, yeah, he's looking for picking players out, and he's and you know, he's, he's, got in his hand, he's looking to release it forward, isn't he? He's not. Yeah. You know, he's, he's... he commands the box as well. He, he's yeah, in yeah, control yeah. of that area. That's his box. It's his box, and he's gonna he's gonna dominate it. And he does even against Brighton with all those eight foot defenders that they've got. He still, yes, he was under pressure a bit more, but he still came out and collected things and he dominated that box against them. And, and to me, he is the best goalkeeper we've had for a very long time. And he is one massive big upgrade and in an important position as well. And I don't think anyone can have any any complaints about the signing of Aaron Ramsdale. And regardless of the players in front of him, he's still going to be a dominant goalkeeper. And the fact that he suffered relegation in the past actually probably made him even better because he's got that mentality now. He's got that toughness. He's, he's mm. experienced difficult times and he's got through yeah. it. And I think that's massively important. You know with him that he's not going to let you down because he's experienced the bad things. And, you know, he's, he's ready, I think, now to, to take this step up. And, and I think he's going to become a really, really good goalkeeper for us. Yeah. There's, really no, re there's no reason to, um, to bring Leno back, is there? There's no, no reason not, there isn't, at the moment, no. to bring Leno back. Even if he made a no. couple of mistakes, I still wouldn't, you know, no. bring Leno back. No. I, I, I think Ramsdale will make some mistakes. The reason why is because he's so brave. He's brave and he makes decisions. And sometimes yeah. they're not going to come off. He's got he's done okay so far, but he will make the odd mistake. I'm sure he will, but it doesn't matter. Yeah. I agree. That's no reason to leave him out of the team because he's perfect for no, us. He's, 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 he's exactly. style fits how we want to play. You know, Leno's making noises to leave anyway. So why, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Why, why even consider bringing him back? Yeah, no, no, you know, exactly, I want no. players that want to play for the club. Full stop. Yeah, 
But yeah. Ramsdale is, is a, I think that when you think about it, he's, he's one of the best signings that the club have made for quite a long time yeah, in yeah, any position yeah. because he's, he's young, he's going to have a long future and he's already, you can see, he's ready, he, he steps straight in and he's already, he's probably in the top four or five goalkeepers in the Premier League already, may even be higher yeah. than that. Well, what's yeah, it? Um, won two of the first three games, he might not have got a game yet, might he? If we'd have won yeah. two of the first three games, he might not have got yeah, a game. Sure. Yeah, I think he would have done. I, I think I think Arteta's picked him because Arteta liked it. The fact he's better with his feet, he yeah. he's got that style that Arteta wanted. So I, I think he would have been in the team. Yes, he might have took a bit longer if we won games. He probably wouldn't have dropped Leno, would he? It was easier to drop Leno after losing five 0 yeah, City, even though yeah. Leno yeah. actually <laughs> played well that day, didn't he? If it wasn't for Leno, we'd lost that game eight or nine nil. He made yeah. some good saves that day, Leno. But that was a good time to drop him, wasn't it? Because it's like, well, we just lost 5 0. That's the time to change your goalkeeper. If you're going to ever change it then. Well, in yeah, three yeah, games that they played, he's what, five, six, seven, nine goals in three nine, games. Nine goals, yeah. Yeah, nine, yeah. Nine in three games. Which so, wasn't, yeah, that that wasn't all his fault, to be fair. You know, no, he no, wasn't getting his fault. I'm just saying, that is the case. So it doesn't help him either. We bought that match back against you, didn't we? That was a good move, that, that's the time to change your goalkeeper, and, it, and it's obviously worked. And I'm, it's great that he's got these opportunities. And it, maybe it's good that he's played the first couple of games he played were against teams that wasn't really going to offer a goal threat much. He didn't have, he wasn't making lots and lots of saves, was he? He hasn't had to make lots and lots of saves actually in any game so far. You know, even though Brighton had a lot of shots at goal, not, not many of them were on target. So he wasn't yeah, making saves. Yeah, Stephen Jackson does like two shots on target. So yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, and, yeah, I don't, I don't know those shots. We're actually even close to being on target. Probably not many. No, exactly. And it's a good stat, but when you really drill down to every single shot, there's probably mm. not that many that are actually even threatening no. the goal, let alone being on target. And then, mm. and then when you look at maybe the game against Norwich, how many shots did they have on target? Hardly any. Burnley, maybe one, one or two again. Tottenham in the second half, they had a few. But, you know, he's not faced a lot of shots on target, yeah. has he? Ramsdale, no. and it'd be interesting to see, you know, when when he has to, you know, in games where, you know, say for example, the Man City game, yeah. when Leno must have had to face 16 shots on target, whatever it was that day, you know, it'd be interesting to see how many saves he can keep making if that if he's got a if he gets bombarded with shots as as he may well do at some stage. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. I'm, I'm happy but with what I've seen. Hopefully, we don't have hopefully to not. Do. No. And if this when... new if this new defense is as solid as it's been against fairly poor attacking teams and if it can still be that solid against the better teams then Ramsdale won't have a lot to do will he in terms of saves yeah. and that'll be great but <coughs> I'm not convinced that's going to be the case yet I still think he's going to it's going to be games when he's going to be a lot busier than he has been shall we say Ramsdale and let's hope that he can continue and, and really shine because he's got all the potential yeah. I, I like everything I've seen about him the thing nothing we've got to do also is um, we've got to start scoring more goals so I mean we're always going to yeah. concede, you know, potentially we're always going to concede so we have yeah. to look, assume the fact that sometimes we are going to concede more than once. But if we're scoring at the other end, as I've said before, it takes the pressure off, doesn't it? When yeah. we're not scoring or we're just nicking a 1-0. Mm. Of course it does. It puts the defence on the ball because eventually they will concede. And if we're not scoring, we can't. Yeah. I mean, we had a no. stat, didn't we? How many games have we won where we've been down at half-time? It's not many, is it? I don't think there's been any, is there, yeah. under Arteta? Someone said. So I'm sure so somewhere we, we haven't come back from being behind a half-time against anyone. No, it's 16 times. And since he's been in charge, 16 times we've gone behind at half-time and not, and not come back once. So, so there far. you go. Because we're not scoring enough goals, which is what we said yeah. earlier on. And it's like, you know, we, we got away with it when Jules Graham was manager. We had that famous back five because you knew you could rely on them to keep your clean sheets against anybody. So if you snatched the goal, that was enough to win. But 
You, mm. you, that's not look, this team's not like that. We are likely to concede goals against certainly against a better team. But we, we need to start. Even if even if you don't, the fact is that while the game's nil nil, or even if you're one nil up, you, any anyone can score from a set piece or anything like that. Can't they? A mistake. Anywhere, yeah, anybody makes a show. Anything can happen. Yeah, exactly. And you, you do you do need to get two or three goals, and then that's how you win games. You don't win games by hanging on and hanging on and hoping to get a goal. On a counter attack, you, just, you don't yeah. win enough games doing that. Which, and I bizarrely, that be... we, we, we almost did a couple of times, didn't we? Well, yeah, we, we did. I mean, if Smith Rowe if Smith Rowe had maybe either you know got a better finish or rolled it across the sacker in that second half, and we'd come away with that winning one 0 we'd all have been delighted. There's no doubt about that. We'd have been jumping yeah. around and going mad, right? Mm. But ultimately, in in the cold light of day, it would have been robbery. It would have been daylight robbery to have us have yeah. won that game, wouldn't it? And you know, you'd almost have to feel a bit sorry for Brighton. Because they, you know, they didn't deserve to lose. And yes, if you've got that extra quality, and we used to do it before, didn't we? We'd have Ian Wright in the team. And we'd yeah. maybe I remember games where we'd get battered for 90 minutes and then Wright would pop up with a goal. We'd win one nil. We'd all laugh about it. You know, how funny is that when we should have got hammered? And that would have been a case that we used to do that a lot because we had the players who, who could regularly get you those goals as well. You know, we had an Ian Wright or Kevin Campbell or Alan Smith or somebody would get you a mm. goal, wouldn't but in this team, you look at it, we don't have that, do we? Here's a question for you. Somebody asked me, he said, of the current forwards you've got, if you had one of them bearing down on the goalkeeper and you were confident they were going to score, which one would it be? Well, it would be a Bamiang in those situations. Yeah. Out of all the ones that we've got at the moment, yeah. I mean, he is, he is still a good finisher. He just doesn't, for some reason, he's not getting the opportunities. I mean, how many? Mm. when was the last time a Bamiang ran through one-on-one from you know, from thirty yards <laughs> with a goalkeeper, he hardly ever. He's not done it. I remember there was, oh, a couple, a couple of years ago, that Burnley got a goal like that. Burnley made a mistake. Yeah. He got a clear run on goal and he slotted it in. Last and, game of the season, it was yeah. Yeah, mm. and he, he he's he's good at those finishes of Bamiang. He just doesn't get very many of them for some reason. Mm. I don't know whether that's partly his movements. Not if you not take there. him out of the equation. You mean you mentioned Saka, but would you have put your house on him scored in that situation? No, Smith no. would actually cross it. No. No, no. I think if he'd crossed it to him, I think he would have scored. He had almost an open goal, wouldn't he? He yeah. just had to knock it in, and he scored a few goals like that. Saka, I think he would have scored then. But if it was Saka running through one on one, and he's got he's got five minutes to think about what he's doing, I wouldn't be confident yeah. he would score every time. He, he might score a few. I mean, he's not a bad finisher. But you know, I, you think think back, even you know Theo Walcott, right? Got a lot of stick. I was just going to say Theo Walcott. Yeah, what yeah, a great finisher it. he was! You would get, you put your house on him scoring a one on one. He very rarely missed them. Very very rarely mm. did he miss them. He had a really good goal scoring record in those situations. And mm. it, we would you know we would be crying out for a player like Theo Walcott now, who got himself into those positions and could finish on that consistent basis that he did. Mm. He, and he missed a few, but then one on ones with a goalkeeper, he didn't miss many of them, you know. He, he, yeah. He, he was nine times, yeah, nine times out of ten, he'd literally just slot them. Mm. You knew yeah, what he was going on his own, that was it. <laughs> He's actually one of the best finishers of the Emirates era that we've had, actually. Mm. In the Emirates era, I think he is. Um you know, obviously Sanchez scored a lot of goals, but Sanchez's goals were all different type of goals, weren't they? He scored yeah. all different types, whereas Walcott's yeah. goals were all quite similar, weren't they? Because of his pace, he got into good positions yeah. and he could finish. And I do think he's one of the best finishers that we've had. Yeah, so he, he also had players in midfield that could actually pick him out, didn't he? You had players who could actually pick him out from those runs as well. Yeah, that's true. Which is- you know. Mainly Meza Urzu, actually. The amount of yeah. assists Meza Urzu yeah. got for Theo Walcott as well. You if know. Walcott could have stayed on side, he'd have scored 200 goals. I mean. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he knows that as well. Yeah. But when he, he, he was, he could never quite stay on side, could he? 
Yeah. He, was, he just got excited, didn't he? He made them great. He did make great runs, though, didn't he? His movement was brilliant yeah. for our Walcott's, actually. And oh, yeah. I, I, still, I, I said it at the time he was playing that he was one of the most underrated players that we had when he was playing for us because nobody really gave him a lot of credit. He didn't really get as many no. England caps it's as the... he should have done. And oh, no, I don't know. I just felt his, his, his movement was brilliant. He had pace. He could finish. You know, yes, he, he didn't like the physical side of the game. That wasn't really his thing. He, he wasn't great in the air and, and stuff like that. And, and sometimes, like you said, he would he would be offside too much. He maybe didn't always um, time his runs because his movement was good, but he didn't always time it right. And But I thought overall he was a really, really, really good player. And I think he more than reached his potential. You know, when we signed him when yeah. he was 16 years old, I think he more than the reached thing his is, potential. He, he yeah. could have given most of those defenders a yard and still beat them to the ball, couldn't he? He could, he have, could, he have, could done. have actually thought about it and just say, I'll give him half a yard, you know, stay on side, yeah. give him half a yard and I'll still get on it. Yeah. But some of the time, and yes, and, and he, he he did get offside a lot. But some of the times, he would make the run, and the ball would be too late coming through. Yeah. And if yeah. the ball was played earlier, he would have got a lot more opportunities. But it was a bit of both. But no, I think he was very underrated for the World Cup. And, and yeah, what was yeah. it the, the twenty the twenty ten World Cup after four years prior being stated because he was obviously too young. This and the other came, or big part of the reason why he was qualified for that next World Cup scored a hat trick expiration and all that mm. gets in the squad initially, and then. When he gets cut down to the final twenty six or whatever it was, he got he got ousted by Capello for Aaron Lennon, and that actually pissed me off at the time because yeah, Walker, uh, look, at, look at the stats for not stats, say stats, the goals and assists for like, that season for Walcott. He was the best goal scoring mid uh, attacker we had. Mm-hmm. No, he, had. He, yeah, he, his his numbers were were really good actually. He had a lot of injuries as well. We don't forget. I mean, he scored over hundred oh, yeah. goals for Arsenal in four hundred games, playing mainly as a winger. And if mm. he hadn't had the injuries that he had, he, he would have got hundred and fifty goals. He'd have been he wouldn't have been far off Ian Wright's kind of total. Yeah, he played a lot more games, mm. but he wouldn't have been far off those sort of numbers because he, he was a goal scorer for Walcott. And we're desperate for a player like that now, aren't we? And you know mm. that, that was a good question that you put there because other than Aubameyang in this current team, you wouldn't put your money on anybody scoring in a one on one. Would you? None of them. No. And how and how damning is that? How damning is that on the likes of Lacazette and all that? Martinelli, yeah. again, he's young. But out of the players, we know play regularly. I mean, he's Martinelli, apart from that goal at Chelsea, when obviously he ran all the way through and he took away, he took that one on one. He's not. That most of his goals haven't been them sort of goals, have they? He's not really in them situations because he plays mainly sort of wider, doesn't he? I suppose so. He's not in those positions very often. Um, I mean, he did finish that one really well. Maybe he could do that again. I don't know. I think Martinez just needs to get some minutes and take some chances, doesn't he? Mm. Get some confidence. You know, if he gets 10 minutes at the end of a game or 15, because that's what he's going to get at the moment, um, he's mm. just got to take a chance somehow, hasn't he? He's got to start scoring yeah. goals. You know, and he'll probably play in yeah. the Carabao Cup, I would imagine. Um, mm. And that's another opportunity he's got to to get on the score sheet. And But you know, he, he needs like a bit more regular. Fifth row. He's got to stop. He's got to make Arteta make it difficult for him from, to drop him. I mean, Saka came in and he's been flying. So Smith Rowe, Martin, and he's got to do the same. He's got to find a way of getting into the side and then take his chance and he'll be fine. Mm. But Martinelli need. I think Martinelli needs a. Um, a run of games in the yeah, team. It's absolutely. no good him coming in for the, the, the Carabao Cup. He's not going to get that, is he? Currently, he's not going to get that, is he? So no, but that's what he needs because it will build yeah, his yeah. confidence up, and he, he, that's mm. what every player needs. Nobody's going to perform at their best if they get in five or ten minutes here and there, and then they're not playing for two or three games. They get another five or ten minutes. You know, it's it's he needs to be playing on a more regular basis. But yeah, I agree. Yeah. He's not he's not going to be able to, is he? So. And we've been joined by. <laughs> we've been watching. Oh, really? How are you doing? 
Good stuff, man. How are you? Yeah, all right, man. All right, Steve. All right, Ryan. How you doing? Yeah. Yeah, all good. Yeah, oh, yeah. Do you know what? That that's that's quite amusing actually because uh, uh, I didn't actually mean right now, but I thought, oh yeah, fuck it, why not? Yeah, why, fuck not? It, why not? <laughs> Got nothing else to do. <laughs> another opinion needed. Another opinion needed. Uh, oh, don't ask me about opinions, mate. I ain't got any. <laughs> None worth listening to, anyway. Oh dear. But, uh, you go on. Go on. Go on, right? I was about to say. You, obviously, you say, you're saying you'll be listening in all that. So, what, what's been your yeah. personal? What have you had to say? And obviously, the game itself. Uh, well, as Rich said earlier, well, you know, you could discuss the game in about five minutes if it's so crap. But, uh, <laughs> but uh, I, I t- well, to be honest with you, um, I think that I mean there was a lot said that uh, that I, I agree with, but uh, sorry that I didn't agree with, should I say? But um, I would I would have to say that certainly with the um, with the with I think that the that the the what were you talking about? You were talking about like development up front, and that we really really need to kind of make a a, a bit more of a, a concerted effort up front and to, to get that right because that's not looking right at the moment. But um, I think a lot needs to be said about the about the defence really. Um, I know that Brighton didn't. Uh, I, I mean, I'm not entirely certain how many shots they did have on target, but um, from what what I could see, from my eye test anyway. Um, I thought that our defence were, um, certainly our cent- central defensive pairing anyway, were absolutely solid. They're absolutely superb. And what, Rich, what you were saying about the um, <clears throat> the leadership thing in, in the defence, um, I personally think that Gabriel has, has just kind of taken that. He's taken that upon himself to just say, well, somebody's got to do this and, and I'm the guy to do it. Um I'm not so certain that he might he would benefit from David playing alongside David Luiz. He's played alongside him already. He kind of knows what what the deal is there. And I also think that having David Luiz, all right, maybe he is a strong leader um, and maybe he is an experienced player. But I think you're always going to be thinking, well, when am I going to have to cover for all of these guys' fuck ups? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, that's always going to be on your mind, isn't it? Mm. Um, and I, I personally think that that. Gabriel has really, really shown that he's coming out of his shell a little bit this year, uh, and he's just gone right. I'm going to uh, grab this defense, uh, this defensive uh, role by the by the balls, and just say, right, that's mine. Um, I don't think um, Ben White's got it in him to 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 kind of take that role, really. Or maybe he does, but I, I don't think that that's what we got him for. I think that that's. I think that he is there to be that ball-playing defender and to, to, to be that guy that links up with the midfield and kind of gets the ball out. Um, lots needs to be... Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, I don't know what you think about that or what you guys think about that, but... Yeah, well, I, no, I mean, I, 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 I said before, I think the defence has improved greatly from where we were and, the, and yeah. they'll improve. You know, the central defenders look as solid as any that we've had recently, for sure. And then with Ramsdale, he's, he's a leader, isn't he? Um, and Tommy had a bad game, but that's the first bad game he's had, so I'll give him that. And then, then we'll mm. move on, you know. And, yeah, I mean, so, Gabriel, I, I agree. Gabriel is at, at the moment with the defense that we've got, he is the leader because he's the only one that's got any sort of leadership qualities really in the whole of the defense. And he's 
he has taken that on because he's had to because nobody and you, I, I agree with you maybe that's what he's, he's thought to himself do you know what i need to take this on because no one else is doing it and and he's done really well i, I think he's held that defense together for the last three or four games that he's played he's been brilliant he's been everywhere yeah. he's been blocking things heading everything out he's just been everywhere and almost it's almost covered up the inadequacies of the other three because he's been so good. Him and Ramsdale have just dominated the box. And it's almost like, well, Ben White's not going to come for a header anyway. So Although Ramsdale... he did all right. He did all right against Brian. I thought actually, like, you know, yeah, when, when it's mates, get... aren't they? It's like playing with your mates, isn't it? You, you always play well with your mates, don't you? Yeah, true that, true that. <laughs> so yeah, well, you know, he did, right. he, he did all right on Saturday, Ben White, I suppose. I see, so, I see you guys. You know, you, I see you guys, and and that 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 is never truer. You're always putting in a good performance, boys. It has to be said. <laughs> Thanks for that. <laughs> it's a good we get on. 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 I, well, I think I think that that's you know that's what makes it that's what makes it um, uh, such a sort of engaging thing, uh, podcast to watch, really. Do you know what I mean? But um, yeah, I, I I mean I think talking of, uh, talking about deficiencies in defence, um, yeah, you're right. Tierney at the moment isn't isn't up to par, um, and but I think that I think that perhaps you know. If we can get those guys uh, uh, in the fullback positions firing a bit more, I, I, again, I, you know, I know that Tommy Asu isn't um, didn't have a particularly good game the last game, but if we can really get them kind of back to their best, Tierney's hitting a hitting a poor patch of form at the moment, and hopefully, you know, he'll go away with Scotland and, and maybe do 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 the business there. Who knows? And and if he does, then perhaps we might get back to our best a little, uh, or certainly the defence would get back to their best. And they can do what they're employed to do, which is, um, as well as defend, kind of get up there and, and add to the attack and join the attacks. Mm. We we need all the help that we can get at the moment with with mm. with with our our attack. We just need as many options as we can to kind of get get the ball um, into those attacking positions. And I think if those those uh, those fullbacks are playing well, then they've got their. Uh, there's, you know, there's going to be more opportunity, I think, for the team to, to kind of get do you, forward. Do you feel and, a little bit, uh, bit Chapazola? One of the reasons why maybe Tierney's been struggling a little bit this season is because of the system now seems to be that because we're so wanting to be so solid and tight at the back, that the fullbacks maybe aren't able to get forward as much as they maybe used to be. Like Tierney used to get forward all the time, didn't he? He was like a left winger, wasn't he? Always getting forward, putting balls into the box. And this season, he's not really been able to do that as much because slightly the way that we're playing isn't necessarily designed for that so much, is it? Tommy Asu isn't an attacking right-back, is he? He's more of a... He's kind of like a third centre-back almost, isn't he, in the way that he plays. Yeah. And he's not going to be bombing on. And maybe Tierney's almost not able to bomb on as much as he used to because it will leave the shape of the team slightly out of position. And maybe Arteta has, has said that to him. You know, I don't want you bombing on as much this season. Not yet, yeah. anyway. And that's obviously taken something away from our attacking play. We're not scoring any goals. And that's one of the reasons why. Because he created a lot of goals, didn't he, Tierney, with his runs forward, mm. his balls into the box. He's not doing that this mm. season. And that's obviously affected that side of his game. And then maybe because he's having to spend maybe 70 minutes of a game now completely defending, whereas before he used to be up and down, now he's got to defend and maybe just literally just defending for that long isn't necessarily bringing the best out of him because 
getting the best out of him is allowing him to go forward. And he's almost been held back a little bit, I think. This is. I'm not necessarily blaming him for his, his form. I just feel as though he's not playing very well because he's been asked to maybe do a different role. And, mm. you know, I, I'm not sure if, if that's the reason why. But our fullbacks aren't getting forward like they used to. We've always had attacking fullbacks, haven't we? Bellerin yeah. used to bomb on the right, didn't he? Tierney used to bomb on down the left and put crosses in and, and create stuff. And now we're not doing that at all, are we? I mean, I, I don't think Tierney's got forward are we at all, is it? Apart from the Tottenham game. I think yeah, I think that perhaps that, that there's definitely some I think there's some element of truth to that, um, but I also think that perhaps the reason Tierney uh, hasn't been such an attacking force um, kind of recently is because that was at one point that was our one and only tactic was give it to Tierney, you know, yeah. bomb down the left, and and I think that perhaps when they when you know he's He's kind of had a little bit of a rethink and he's gone, right, well, OK, we can't do that every game. Um, that perhaps that has, maybe that that tactic has kind of been steered away a little bit and, and been forgotten a little bit. Mm, um, it seems to be, yeah. I yeah, I think, uh, I think... I think it's a tactical thing rather than Tierney not bombing down. I think it's more a tactical decision to make him yeah. play more as a defender, maybe. Yeah, yeah, Tommy. yeah. Play as a defender yeah. rather than as a forward let... You know, at the moment, Smith Rowe and Saka left and right are the forward thinking players, aren't mm. they? Not Tierney so much. That I might mean, be well, the way to go at the, the moment. I mean, the, the analysis of the Tottenham game, I think it was on Match of the Day, I saw it. And it, it was a good point when, when they pointed it out that the sort of the four attacking players, which was Erdegaard, Saka, Smith Rowe, and Abamyang, were basically given freedom to just play in, in that half of the pitch. So, what that means is that the defenders have to stay further back. And the fullbacks have to stay further back as part of that structure of the team. And maybe that's why Tierney's been struggling a little bit, because his natural game is to bomb forward. That's what he does. And it's what he does well. And because he's maybe not able to do that now, and I think that that might suggest why his form hasn't been as good this season. And maybe he's got to adapt his style to suit what's needed um, to be able to, to play at his top level again. I don't know, but mm-hmm. someone pointed out that he can play centre-back. He can play centre-back as well. So we've basically got four four defenders who are all are all able to play as centre-backs, aren't they, really, when you look at yeah. that? Mm. Which could work. If Tommy Ash is going to get forward, we can shuffle across. Tierney's a third central defender. If, if Tierney goes forward, Tommy Asu pulls across and we've got three centre-halves in and then, it, you know, the midfield shape can change. But we're not really doing that very well, are we? Because the full-backs aren't getting forward very often. Tommy Asu's crossed the halfway line about four times in the four games he's played, you know, because that's not his natural style. Even Tierney, that is his natural style, isn't doing it either. And it's not because he doesn't want to, because clearly he does, and he's good at it. He's obviously being told not to, isn't he? Mm-hmm. Arteta's telling him, don't commit too far forward because we could get shot yeah. Because Arteta's too scared of conceding a goal, then he's trying to score one. And that's I think the problem. Yeah, he's like coming that. across as a defensive manager, isn't he? He's coming across as, let's not concede first, and then then go from mm. there, I think. And he wants wants the players yeah. to play a certain way. And defending for Tierney is is a bigger priority at the moment than going forward. Yeah, it's, I think, it's, not, it's not suiting him. No, mm. I, probably. I yeah. think, I think um, yeah, I think that that's, that's, a really, that's a really, really valid point. Um, I mean, I, it confuses me a lot because I remember seeing... Uh, I remember uh, an interview with Arteta even before he was manager of Arsenal, and one of the things that he he, he said was, you know, we'd be playing like exciting attacking football. I want to play exciting attacking football. I want players to give 110 percent. Quick mass Arteta, come on, sort it out. Um, but um, 
he, it, it just seems to me, I think that his, his idea of, of, of this is, you know, we'll make sure, and, and that, I think that's beca that became apparent when he came in, is well, we'll make sure that we're fucking solid at the back before we can do any of that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. um, we've got a long way to go in that regard. Uh, we have, mm -hmm. I, I mean, I'm, I'm assuming that, that if he still does want to play this, this style of attacking football, that the thing he's looking for there is, is a certain synergy within his players where they're able to, to to kind of instinctively know where they've got to be when the left back's bombing on. At the moment, that's not happening. It's uh, because I think tactically we're just not that far down the line yet. Um, who knows how long that's going to take? But, um, but see, I, I think he feels no, like he's got more time than than than, than he actually has. <laughs> no, no, I, I, I agree about about what you're saying about tactically we we're not ready, but. We, you know, Arteta's been in the job nearly two years. Yes, the players are different. But if you're working on that in training every day, right, which is what you must be doing, surely, you know, some of those players have been there the whole time Arteta's been there. And some of them have worked with him for, for quite a long time, over a year. You'd think that by now they would have been able to execute it better than what they are. Some of the new players that's come in, you might think, OK, they need to adjust a little bit. You know, Tommy Asu, Ben White, etc. But Gabriel's been there a year. Tierney's been with Arteta since he's been there. You know, um, Thomas Partey's been there a year. And, you know, Gabriel has been there a year. So, we, they've got no excuses not to... Be, so, if Tierney's bombing forward, you know, Partey should know where he needs to be in that structure because he's been there a year. He must have been drilled into him every day. You know, it doesn't take that long. Look how long it took George Graham to drill our defence in them days. It, it didn't yeah, take him very long, did it? They just did it every day, did it every day, did it every day. And within very quickly, it became natural. That, and it's not coming natural, is it, to these players? And I don't know why. But that's but that's that drilling a defence to defend is not a difficult thing. But drilling a defence to attack is far more difficult um, and it's going to take far more time. I mean... Uh, uh, a really good example of that, I suppose, is is when you look at Klopp when he took over at Liverpool. How long did it take him to get everything right? Quite, you know, quite a while before they they became sort of serious contenders. And you know, he had to do the same thing. He had to make sure that their defence was not shipping the amount of goals that they were. Um, uh, and it's, I, I mean, I'm not necessarily defending Arteta here, but I, I think that it's a lot more difficult to drill a defence to attack. Than it is to drill a defence to defend. Why does he try and drill the attackers to attack then instead? Why don't, why don't try and do that? <laughs> that, might, that might be a bit more useful. That would be that would be preferable, wouldn't it? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, instead, he, instead, he's got the forwards trying to defend, hasn't he? You know. Yeah. <laughs> you've seen a Bamiang, haven't you? You've seen a Bamiang in a left back position in some games, running back and tackling. Özil used to be expected to play left back during games. Just like, hang on a minute. These are attacking players. Let the defenders defend and let your attackers attack and then try and get some sort of midfield structure that enables the, the transition to happen. You know, and that's how you become successful. That's how successful teams work. You're not going to be a successful team if you're getting your, your, your top goal scorer playing at left back for a half an hour of a game because mm. that's you've got to come back. Yeah, and come yeah, yeah. You're, not, that's not, you're not going to get the best out of your team, are you? You've got to allow you your top at, goal scorer to be in the box. You look at the, when Leicester won the league, they, they concentrated on defending, didn't they? Not conceding, and then basically lump it up forward for Vardy to get on the end of it. I mean, that was their yeah. their tactic, wasn't it? And it, it won them the league, didn't it? I mean, we played three defeats, and maybe Arteta's thinking, well, I can't keep losing. I've got to be strong at the back first. 
and then go from there. And at the moment, yeah, we're now I think that we need, but the, surely, next, we need the next bit. Yeah, but surely that depends on the strength of your squad. Now, when Arteta came in to the to the job, I think it was quite obvious that our strength in that team was our forward play. <laughs> we scored quite a lot of goals, but we also conceded a lot of goals because defensively yeah, yeah. we didn't have, particularly under Emery, we didn't have very good defensive structure, did we? So yeah. you've got to think of, well, okay, we've got a Bamian who's going to score you thirty goals a season, right? So what you've got to do is, yes, we've got to stop conceding as many goals, but what we've also got to do is we've got to make sure that we don't stop a Bamian scoring thirty goals a season because that's how you win games. Goals that you score is going to win your games, mm. right? So. It's, it's priority seemed to be right. Let's stop conceding silly goals, which is fair enough. We needed to do that as well. But by yeah. doing that, what he's done is he's basically taken all our attacking intent away. And we used to score a lot of goals under Unai Emery. We scored, uh, you know, 100 goals in that season. He was manager, over 100 goals, didn't we, in all competitions? You know, and yeah. his team scored goals. And yes, the balance wasn't right, but the balance isn't right now. It's just as bad, not, not, not conceding many, but not yeah. scoring many. As conceding so loads and scoring loads, it's exactly the same problem. It's just, it's just we, 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 saw, we saw glimpses of that. Oh, we scored three against Spurs. We... It's Spurs, though, isn't it? That, Come on. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't matter, does it? But the fact is, we saw that a glimpse of it, what it could be like then, didn't we? That attacking play was there for that half, that first half. Yeah, but it was also there last season when we played Tottenham at home, and it hasn't been there any other game. We can mm. seem to do it when we play Tottenham. For some reason, the players are up for it, and they, they just. Give everything, and then when that's it's into the, when it's into run of the mill games, that's when we're not still doing that. Oh, we? we're not having that attacking intensity, and it's almost as though our te is telling them not to because they're almost holding back. It's what it seems like they are, or or yeah. they're being told that you know Smith Rowe saying, "Well, I've got to drop back in here," or Saka saying, "Well, I've got to come back here and, and help out me fall back." And Aubameyang, you, you, you've got to, you've got to close down. That if they're on the halfway line, you've got to come and close them down. Well, no, you don't want him to do that. You want Aubameyang to be free. So when we do get a counter attack, he's able to be on the end of it. Well, he's not at the minute because I mean that goal he scored against Tottenham, he was part of the move on the halfway line initially. And yes, you know he got there and scored the goal, but often he isn't getting there and scoring the goal because he's he's he's, not, he's too far deep in the pitch, isn't he? And then Saka will go running down the wing, and for the third goal against Tottenham, as a typical example, Saka got the ball. And he had to go on his own because no one else had kept up with him because there was all miles away. He was up the other end of the pitch and he went on his own and he ended up scoring, which was brilliant. But that's not going to happen all the time, is it? And, he, mm. you know, we need to get... Aubameyang needs to be in the box. Because when Saka's down that right-hand side, Aubameyang needs to be in the box, ready to get on the end of something. And he wasn't mm. on that particular occasion and he hasn't been on lots of different occasions when we've had similar attacks. Mm. And that's why he's not scoring and that's why we're not scoring because we're not committing. Him. Look, they showed on, on match of day last night, Brentford, that they were they were getting eight or nine players forward every time they attacked, and we're mm. getting we're not even getting one player forward half the time when we attack, apart from the player with the ball, and that's yeah. the problem. You you want to score goals, you've got to take risks. You've got to take risks, and you've got to throw men forward, and you will score goals. Get the ball in the box. Get players. If you've got six or seven players in the box, the ball's in the box. You've got a good chance of scoring. If you've got one player in the box or two players in the box, they've got four or five players back. You've got no chance of scoring, and that's what we're doing. You know the way that Brentford Ooh. play. It's a high-risk game because, you know, they might concede a few goals. But actually, they haven't because they've been pretty solid at the back as well, haven't they? So they've actually got that balance pretty well, actually, considering they've just come into the Premier League. And other clubs have done it as well. But we don't seem to be able to get that balance. We can either defend well and draw nil-nil, or if we don't defend well, we're going to lose. Yeah, but you're, you're, <coughs> you're comparing us against teams that have been playing together for a long time. This team hasn't been playing together for a long time. And that's going to come. Over the coming weeks, you know, well, teams coming two years. Our team has been there. playing together all season. This side hasn't but, played together. This side's only played together three games. No, but you're saying that. But Saka, Smith Rowe, Bamiang, 
No, but the attacking players have. The attacking players have. Yeah. The attacking players need to get the ball, don't they? And yeah. I just, I just see it. As the... I don't see it as you know two sections. I see it as a whole team, and that team will develop in time, and we'll see the results. Yeah, sorry. In terms of the attack, as you mentioned, obviously, if he's if he's drilling he's drilling the defence to attack, drilling the defence to defend, we can't do obviously we can't do the attack to attack. Will you be open to? To the club actually going out and hiring someone like Dennis Burkamp that actually isn't obviously was an attacker, knows how to. He, he's got coaching experience at Ajax. It's not like he's a complete rookie himself. Yeah, but is, is, it not right? is, is it not the transi- Is it not the transition in the team as opposed to? What I was going to say was sorry. What I was going to say was we've, we've obviously know European football. We've got most of the time on a training pitch, so one or two days is literally. In terms of the training schedule, it'd be like. I'll tell you, you work with your defensive team. I'm going to go and work with the attack. And then coming into the day, every time we come together, do like 11 v 11 and go from there. And build it, sort of inter- interact it, like in- introduce it like that way. Possibly. And, a, and then have, and have times where they have it vice versa. So the, def- the attackers can then go and go to defensive, do defensive work, and the defenders can come and do the attacking. So there's also, again, your defensive players are also learning and learning how to attack as well, and helping out the and helping out with the attack as well, things like that. And someone like, I, as I said, someone like Burkamp, with that, with being not with being a player like he was, and having the coaching experience he had at Ajax, could benefit the club. And again, he's an Arsenal man as well. I don't know. It's just it's just something I've been thinking about while you guys have been chatting. To add to that, Ryan. Um, also, I I I, I think. As well as saying, um, you know, teaching the attacking players to attack um, or coaching the attacking players to attack uh, and obviously defending players, yeah. defend, defenders to defend. Um, I mean, surely all the, all, the, all the successful teams, they attack as a unit, they defend as a unit. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. uh, and this is what I was talking about earlier with, with, with the whole idea of synergy. The synergy is just not there at the moment. And yeah. Steve, you're yeah. right in that, in, in that, like, you know, it's good, that's going to take some time, but um, because these players still are getting used to playing with each other, this is now Arteta's team. I mean, this is what we want to see. We want we want players to we want players, for example, attackers that know how to attack and defend, and when to attack and defend, mm-hmm. and vice versa with defenders, etc. Et um, but you know, my concern, I guess, is is how long is that going to take with regards to that that's sinking in and, and those players being able to find that synergy quickly. Mm. Yeah, that's worry, a couple of additions before we get I think there'll be a couple of additions before we get there to be fair. Yeah, it yeah. does seem like it as well, yeah. But I think the as you mentioned earlier in earlier in the podcast, I think the January window's gonna be key a bit oh the loan windows we call it. It's come accustomed since our test coming as the loan window. We test, we test the waters, see if anyone's good enough. We, t- we sell them in the summer. If not, they go back. Um, <laughs> That's about right, yeah. Yeah, it seems about it. Also, Jack, because I mentioned it earlier, and I don't know if you was watching at the time, Jack Wilshire. Obviously, he's, he's currently training and getting his fitness up at the squad. If, obviously, um, come January, obviously, got party going. Jack is, we don't know what date exactly Jack is back. Uh, and then he's going off for Afcon as well. Would you give 
uh, Jack uh, pays pays you play contract for the, the last six months of the season, and see how we go from there. Just so okay, because otherwise, all you got is Tammy the Conga, basically. Are you addressing me there? Yeah. Um. Uh. No, I would not. No. Um. I. You know, sentimentality is is a wonderful thing. Um. And he's a wonderful. You know, he's a wonderful bloke. And and some. You know, he's had a really been really really unlucky with his with his career and with injuries and all the rest of it. Um. But like, yes, uh, like as a token, as a talisman, um, within the squad setup, I would say. Brilliant. See what he could do with the youth. You know, I mean, I don't, I, I don't know if he's done his coaching badges or not, but you know, that would be an excellent opportunity for him to do his coaching badges um, and, and maybe even training with the team. I think having him around, um, having him around the team. You know, so many of those players, especially the, the younger ones, will have seen Jack Wiltshire and, and you know would have would have kind of aspired to to be in his position. So I think yes. Um, in having him around the team would not be such a bad thing, but there's a reason why why other teams haven't picked Jack Wilshire up, and that is because he's they've deemed him not not good enough, uh, not high enough standard to play for their team. Uh, so if there's no Premier Premier League teams picking him up and there's no Championship teams picking him up, then uh, I just can't see why we would want a player that is deemed not good enough for Premier League or the champ Championship. And with is, that, it, is it not his injury record, though, Chappers, that's maybe putting clubs off because they probably think, well, we could give him a contract and he might be injured for most of it, and it's not a good a good value for money, is it? And that, that, I think that's what's gone against him. Not that he's not good enough as a player; it's his injury record, isn't it? I think. But why haven't they offered? Why haven't they offered him a pay-as-you-play contract? Do you know what I mean? If if, if, if that's the case, if, yeah, I mean, if that's the case with. Uh, um, yeah, if that's that's the case with other other clubs as well, um, and and they're concerned about his injury record, then why why haven't they offered him a pay as you play contract? That that often happens, I think, with with players that, that maybe they're not quite so sure about. Okay, um, or for whatever reason, it might be injuries, it might be something else, but but it, that to me speaks volumes that he's not been offered anything. Like, mm. I you know, I, I don't I don't really know. What else to is say? He, I, is he, uh, I understand. I, I mean, I, I see. A, I see something saying there. Somebody saying that um, he's talented. Sure, he's talented. Okay, <laughs> but um, at the same time, is he as talented as he once was? I mean, yeah. he's had so many injuries. We look at Bellerin. Bellerin was amazing, immense for us for years, and yeah, uh, he was yeah. never ever quite right after after the the ACL injury that he he sustained. Mm. So. I mean, sure, he's got talent, he's got vision, he's an Arsenal legend, all of these things, you know, which are positives. But the bottom line is, if he's if he's not able to keep up with um, with the play of of uh, with of teams in the Championship uh, and teams in the Premier League, then then I just don't see why he would be a valuable asset to us, other than for being some sort of talisman who is training with the club, maybe fitting somehow into the club setup, maybe doing his coaching badges, helping out with the youth team. That would be a great asset. I totally agree with that. But I don't agree that he would, would be good enough to, to get a pay-as-you-play contract. 
I'd love it to. I'd love to be proved wrong, but I just really think that that wouldn't that would be a waste of everyone's time. I think with the um, do, do we know that he's not good enough? Do we know that? Be better than what we would have after when the players go to to the African nations. Would he be better than what we've, we've got left? Um, that is well. I mean, that is yeah. That's a really really good question. Ugh. I mean, I personally think I personally think that perhaps I don't think that he would be just purely because we have other players that uh, aren't getting any, any game time, younger players that aren't getting any game time. And I think I would love, I'd rather see them sort of get the, the game time for their development um, mm-hmm. than, or, or even you know, or even as as you guys were talking about experienced players earlier, like even an experienced loan player that is able to kind of like. Hold, sort of hold the fort, if you like, whilst those players are away on, on international duty. The club will be looking at who they're going to bring in in January, assuming that the players go and we don't get any further injuries and we don't know how yeah. Jack is going to come back. It could well be that we're already looking at, you know, another player to come in on a some sort of short-term loan agreement. You know, and, yeah. You know, I mean, Wilson you know, may not be the answer, and as you rightly say, you know, he's he's obviously he can't be as good as he was because if he was, people would have snapped him up, wouldn't they? Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, you, you could say that about virtually every single player that goes on a free transfer. A lot of clubs might have rejected them for lots of different reasons, and they'll go somewhere, yeah, and, and yeah. sometimes they do well, don't they? I mean, we don't know Jack's level of fitness. We don't know why no club wanted to take him on. Is it an attitude problem? Is it a fitness problem? Is it that he actually just really wants to come back to Arsenal and he's never really been happy since he left? Is that the reason? We don't know, do we? So I, I don't. I wouldn't say that the reason not to take him is because other clubs didn't want him, because I don't know necessarily if that's a reason on its own, unless. There is actually a specific reason as to why that's the case. But we never know. Some players fit at certain clubs and not at other clubs. And maybe Jack Wilshire would fit at Arsenal. Yeah. That's the play. Yeah. It's an unknown. It is an unknown. And it's a shame what's happened. It's a shame he can't get a club because um, it, it doesn't make a lot of sense, does it, really? When you look at the, the talent he's got as a player... Um, why hasn't he got a club for whatever reason? We don't know, but mm. yeah, it's it is a it is a mystery. But I I don't see why if he if he's training with us and he can prove himself to be fit enough, and obviously he's going to be technically still good enough. Why not offer him a, maybe something till the end of the season in January? Mm. Because he he looks certainly in terms of the ability um, and experience, he's better than everybody that we've got apart from Jekka, probably, in the experience sense. And Jekka's injured yeah. anyway. So I can't see that it would be do any harm to have him, if he's fit enough. That's the question, isn't it? We don't know. Mm. Four words, fit. Rich. Four words. A punt too far. A punt <laughs> too far for me. <laughs> maybe. 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 Oh, dear. What was it? BX going to say, I'll tell you, we'll be watching. I hope, I hope so. If I can learn, might learn something. Oh, <laughs> Really yeah, uh, what, up, yeah, Steve said he's got to go. Obviously, we now need two hours. We'll be wrapping up soon. But yeah, cheers, Steve, for coming on. I'll see you in a couple of weeks. Always a pleasure. Nice one, mate. But uh, BX Scholars and asking what happened at Bournemouth before he basically signed a contract, didn't he? In January, he signed up, was it last January? He signed for him, yeah. Six months deal, and then come to, come to summer, decided not to, he decided not to stay, thinking someone else would come in for him. And obviously, he's uh, stuck in limbo. Yeah, I mean, there's there's something going on with him, and we don't quite know what it is exactly. But 
Mm. He seems desperate to be playing again, doesn't he? He seems desperate to to to, to be back. And um, whether that's going to be with us or not, I, I don't know. Mm. I don't know. So we don't really know what state he's in physically, mentally, or anything. Do we? Oh, yeah. Um, well, he assembled in there, saying obviously Wilshire has the experience to close the game out, but his leg could be an issue. Remember, he had a few ankle problems and he's somewhat hard. Yeah, and that's, a, no, exactly. yeah, that's a good point. Once yeah, his ankle first injury, yeah. he never, was never the same injury wise. No, his ankles always get involved over constantly. Mm. Um, we just don't know, do we? We just no, probably don't really know. It's a shame. The reason, again, the reason I think up obviously because he's. Obviously, he didn't. He didn't interview David Ornstein. He has said he regretted. He did regret leaving Arsenal when Emery came in. It was his. It was his choice, not Emery's. Um, and obviously, he's a, he's now training with us. And with obviously Afcon coming up and losing two of our midfielders, got one out injured as well. So even us only with Sambi, it will just be typical. Just go down that route because it's a quick and easy sign a bit of paperwork and off you go sort of thing. Whereas obviously, if you could bring someone else in. It's gonna be a bit of a there's there's a bit of a more there's a bit more than just something on the dotted line. You've got to go in and negotiate with a club and things like that. Yeah, he's yeah. a complete just him and his agent basically. It was just to be typical well, let's not forget. just for the band aid side of it. Just put... Well, let's not forget that uh, Ainsley's got a part to play within all this as well. I think you know. Um, he, I, 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 you think he has though? Do you honestly think he has? Uh, I, I, this season, yeah, I do. Um, I I think that. They've obviously sorted that out. He's obviously said to him, look, I can use you. Um, and whether whether or not this is this season he's playing for another contract or if he's, um, uh, you know, actually going to be, be part of the team setup, he is a useful player to have. Um, I've actually been, you know, rooting for him, for him uh, and I really, really want him to succeed this season. It will be even if it is just for a season. But I think, you know, as far as that, again, he he's got something slightly slightly different to to offer in the midfield. I think he shores it up a little bit and is able to kind of uh, settle things down a bit. He's not panicky, um, and I, you know, again, he's he's another good player at sort of seeing games out. So I think yeah, he does have a part to play in it, albeit you know a minor part, a bit part or whatever, a cameo if you like, but. Mm. Um, I, th I think that he will be used certainly with uh, when 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 the the players go away for 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 Afcon. I, I I think that he will definitely get some game time and hopefully he'll do all right. No, I like Ainsley. Don't get me wrong, I do. I like yeah. him, and he, you know he's obviously one of our own players. But um, he's another he's another player in midfield who doesn't score goals, isn't he? And we've got lo loads of them. Be nice if we had somebody in reserve who actually could offer a goal threat from midfield as well and and, and I do like Ainsley and I, I agree I think he will I mean he's played more this season already perhaps in terms of minutes than maybe we were expecting him to and mm. he almost left didn't he on, in a, on the transfer on window, yeah, so, yeah. Um, I do think he will get some more opportunities in the team he'll probably start the, uh, the the Carabao Cup games and he'll probably come off the bench in some of the other games as he has done um, and yeah maybe when January comes around he may get more minutes um, I'm not quite sure if he's the answer to our midfield problems, if I'm totally honest. Um, not long ago, no. I do like him. His versatility is useful. He can do a job in three or four different positions. And that's a good player to have in the squad, isn't it? Because mm. wherever you might need somebody, he could come on and, and do a job there. So in that sense, he's good. But in terms of the midfield area, which is where we are short, is he going to really solve that problem? Probably not, unfortunately. Um, mm. I, I, I had hopes for him um, a few years ago that he could become the new Michael Thomas, you know, starting out a right back 
and you know mm. it's a very similar sort of laid back attitude and stuff like mm. that but he's never really pushed on has he has he been given the opportunity some would say maybe not but I don't think he's managed to push on in the way that we all hope that he would uh, two yeah. or three years ago, unfortunately. And now he's in a position where he's probably going to be better to leave, get regular football somewhere else. And then he, he can develop his career, you know, so, and that's he's never going to develop it, I don't think, while he stays at Arsenal because he's never going to get enough regular opportunities to play enough. And every player, especially at his age now, he's, he's not he's not 19 or 20 anymore, is he? He's 23, 24 years old. He needs to be playing more regular football to, to develop his career. And he was in the England team not that long ago, wasn't he? I seem to remember. You know, yeah, he, he, yeah he, was on the, he, was, he was on the brink of maybe becoming a, a regular in the England squad because Gareth Southgate is quite loyal to the players. He doesn't tend to drop them out of the squad very often. So mm. he, he was almost on the brink of that, wasn't he? And if he's going to get there again, he's going to have to do it away from Arsenal because he's never going to get the time to play. And I feel sorry for him. I do feel sorry for him because he's, he's a good player. But he's just not really what we need and he's not what our tap wants, clearly. Mm. I mean, if he's, if he's useful this season to us, then, you know, that will be useful either him taking a place in the squad somewhere or more, you know, more likely a decent fee for him so we can actually find the answer to those midfield issues. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, no, maybe you're right. Maybe, yeah, I mean, again, obviously, the more, the more money we get from anyone is going to be good, but yeah. And again, like, because obviously, with the granite, the granite injury between now and January, him and obviously, as I say about Sambia before, him and Sambia got three months to sort of prove themselves, see who's a better partnership is alongside party. Because either one of them is better than El Nenny between now and then, surely. Yeah. Well, you'd hope so. Yeah. <laughs> you would hope so. I mean, yeah, it is, it is an issue that we've got, isn't it? We are short in midfield. We knew that before the start of the season, even with everybody mm. fit. I still felt we were short of experience and we were short of quality. And it's almost like Thomas Party and who else? And unfortunately, that, we're still in that situation even worse now that Jack is out because he was the only yeah. one that we had. And now he's not. So, yeah, it's a big ask for Conga. Let's hope he can make the step up and, and become that player we need. But... He's still young, isn't he? And he's going to make mistakes. He's not going to have that consistency. And unfortunately, it is the most important position in the team in many ways, isn't it? You know, mm. in the centre midfield, you've got to, you've got to have players there that can that you can rely on week in week out to do the job. And that's why Granite Jacka gets picked every week when he's fit because you can rely on him to do the job. And unfortunately, we don't have anybody else that we can rely on. It's, it's you know, can the Congo do it? We don't know. Can Ainsley do it on a regular basis? We don't know. They might do, but it's a risk, isn't it? Jack is not a risk, is it? He's a safe bet in there because you know he's going to be consistent. Part A is a top quality player. We know that when he's fit. But other than them two, we are struggling. Really, really struggling. And unless we improve that area over the next one or two transfer windows, it's going to hold us back massively. Mm. It, it is holding us back already. It has been, hasn't it? That's that's. Mm. I think last season we all said, didn't we, that the midfield was a main area we need to be strengthening. And yet over mm. the summer, we strengthened our defence with four players. Yeah. Don't sound like a beast. <laughs> yeah, and we, and we brought a 21-year-old in midfield as, as a backup for Granite Xhaka, as Edu put it. So we haven't improved the main area we needed to improve. And, it, and we improved the one area that was actually... Okay, last season, you know, yeah, you could say we've upgraded some of the players, but as a unit, we didn't concede many goals last season, really, did we? Overall, we were pretty mm. solid. Um, and it just seems like I don't know, we haven't addressed the main problems, which was obviously midfield and, and scoring goals. So, yeah, um, and that's why we're still now seven games into the season with just five goals on the board. You know, we might end up the next five games, we might score another one or two goals and concede one or two, have a few nil-nil draws, and that's what we can look forward to, because that's all this team's got in it. It hasn't got anything else in it, has it? Unfortunately. Well, 
we 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 live in hope, Richard. We live in hope. Um, we do. We always live in hope. <laughs> I've been living in hope for a long time. Yeah, yeah. Well, I. I, I I, you know, we spent that entire summer, um, you know, going, oh, for, for the love of God, send a midfielder. And, um, yeah, you know, they're going, oh, oh, nine right back. Oh, <laughs> oh, yeah. I'll have one of those. Oh, oh, attacking midfield. Oh, you know, so, um, yeah, I mean, you know, we, we could tear our hair out all, all we like. Um, but, um, yeah, I, I guess we're just going to have to sit tight until January. I, th- I mean, in in some ways, I, I a lot I know a lot of people took a bit of glee in Jaffa, Jaffa getting injured. I'm not one of those people, but I do also think that, like, it, it is actually an opportunity for us to to bed Sambi in properly, give him a little bit uh, more game time, and as you say, which he is going to make mistakes, but mm. um, better, better he gets these mistakes out earlier early on. So uh, we're in a position next next season when we probably likely to move Xhaka on and Sambi's got that experience and, and is up to that level where he can actually, um, to, you know, play a role and, and uh, within that midfield, essentially. Or, or we could have just brought somebody last summer that could have done a job straight away. Too easy, mate. Too easy. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's too easy, yeah. Where's the fun in that, anyway? Where's the fun in buying better players to improve the team? Where is it? It's boring. Let's do it yeah. this way, where we can watch loads of yeah. normal draws. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What, what, what can I, I never cared that much for my blood pressure anyway, so... <laughs> Why be competitive now, not later? <laughs> what's, what's the point? We're never going to compete with Man City, so why even bother? Wait until, yeah. Man, wait until Pep leaves and then start building a decent team then when we've got a chance. Yeah. Yeah, but, but shirts, lovely, lovely shirts. Yeah, that's that's true. <laughs> but uh, the temple saying, remember, he loaned out Saliba, who's yeah, and brought yeah. in White when we needed a mid- when a midfielder was needed. There you go. There yeah. you go. And and I still haven't come out, and I still haven't heard a sensible reason as to why that happened. Any of those things happened? Why? We don't know. Arteta should be, should be forced time. to come out and explain that decision, shouldn't he? Why have we spent fifty million on a centre back when we've got a, a defender we paid a lot of money for two years ago, and we needed a midfield player? Why not spend the fifty million there? That was that's the obvious thing to have done. I'm not, you know, I don't want to, you know, say that Ben White's no good. This and the other. He, he's got a lot of work to do yet, and he might yeah. well prove to be good. But Saliba, we already had him. We didn't need to buy him. He was already our player. And we also had Buffalo Panos as well. We had Mavropanos as well. Well, Mavropanos is maybe slightly different with Mavropanos. No, but I'm saying we had we had defenders, we had centre backs. Yeah, no, we did. Yeah, 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 no, we did. I mean, I think Saliba's obviously the one that's always going to be brought up because one, we paid quite a bit of money for him. He's never even paid for us, and he's actually doing well on loan, isn't he? Which is even more frustrating. When yes, it's in France and the league's not at the same standard. It's different type of football, but there's no reason to suggest that he couldn't have come in and done a job for us. We will never know because he's never had the opportunity. But it mm. is frustrating when we spent £50 million on a player that we already had and we didn't spend that £50 million on a player that we didn't have and we needed. And I'll never understand that. And I'll tell needs to come out. He, he, why, don't, why don't he come on a podcast and explain it to us? I think he should do that. <laughs> I think he should do that out of, just, out of courtesy to, the, to us to explain the decision, why, why he did that, what the reasons are. And then we'll understand. And then say, okay, Mikel, fair enough. We get it now. You've told us the reason why. I don't agree with you, but at least you've got a reason. That's fair <laughs> no well, if he came on the podcast, which and I, 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 I'm sure that you know you probably damage his mental health. Um, <laughs> for good. Well, I'll and try. Then, you know, I'll, I'll try my best. <laughs> <laughs> 
I'm sure. I'm absolutely sure. <laughs> <laughs> Lovely honesty. <laughs> I'll tell you, yeah. Mars the best, doesn't he? You know, non-negotiables and all that. So he'd, he'd have to expect it, really, wouldn't he? Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. Um, <laughs> sorry, yeah, Steve. On, on that, on that Saliba point. Um, I mean, he he has kind of given some quite uh, some really kind of vague uh, sort of <laughs> reasons as to why he's he, he made that decision. Um, great, yeah. None of them. Are, uh, particularly satisfactory, are they? Um, and I mean, I was quite—I wasn't quite encouraged. I was quite encouraged by some comments from, uh, I think, it was Sleeper's fitness coach uh, last week, where he was—you know—he was saying that William wants to be the best, and you know, and he—he he knows that he—he wants to, to to fight for his place at Arsenal, and he's determined to do that. And I really, really hope that that's the—that's you know—that's the truth, and that he wants to come back and he wants to win his place because. To be honest with you, I think if he does come back and, and, and fight for his place in the team, it won't be long before he's a starter. So, Yeah, I mean, potentially, that's, that's what you would imagine. Yeah. I mean, yes, it's difficult to judge him, I suppose, at the moment when we've not seen him play the Premier League. But, but yeah, I mean, we'll have to see. what That's, that's going to be something that isn't going to get resolved anytime soon, is it? Because he, he's out on loan and he's going to stay there for now. And, yeah, another baffling decision that's happened. But, you know, it's... We, we just have to get on with it and deal with it, don't we? It, we'll never probably understand all the reasons behind it. And, yeah, it says on there, we'll see on all or nothing. I don't know if we will. They'll only show us what they want us to see, won't they? Let's be honest. I'm not sure not that too it. much yeah. is going to come out in and that. It, really, I don't know. And in the meantime, and in the meantime, we'll grumble about it on podcasts. Which is, <laughs> which is, which is what we're here <laughs> for. You know, and that is therapy, my friends. Therapy. Yeah, exactly, exactly, exactly what it is. And also, in terms of nothing, that comes out next. Don't be out next season, so that's a year too late. And by then, I'll check them up. Depending on where the season goes, I'll check might not be here. Certain players may not be here. So, well, what, looking, at, looking at them documentaries, looking at them documentaries, to, documentaries so so far, right? Sunderland did one. They they got rid of their manager. Tottenham did one. They got rid of their manager. Um, Man City did one, and Arteta left. And now Arsenal doing one, so somebody's going to leave. Whether it's Arteta or somebody's going to leave out of this, maybe it might Steve be Crockett. Who knows? That might be good. It might, might be a way of getting rid of them. It'd be Steve Brown probably known our bloody luck. Yeah. Yeah, probably, yeah. yeah, probably will be, yeah. But somebody, somebody's going to leave on the back of this documentary, there's no doubt. It's happened every single time. Just for the drama, yeah. For, for that particular episode, a bit of tell some drama in that episode, yeah. Yeah, because yeah, what was it? Like, we, beat, we beat that lot down the road, didn't we? Everyone's going, I can't wait to watch that episode in the North London. I'm like, that's like three episodes in. Okay. And that's, the, yeah. that's the highlight. That'll be the highlight of the whole show, won't it? Yeah. The day we beat Tottenham. But that's, that's almost, I don't want that to be the case because that's almost embarrassing. Then pictured in the dressing room last week of the players celebrating beating that terrible Tottenham team was like, I actually felt embarrassed to be an Arsenal fan. Look at them pictures. I'm thinking, don't do that. Please don't do that. We've just beaten Tottenham. That's it. We haven't done anything. We haven't achieved anything. We've just beaten Tottenham, who were very, 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 very poor, right? So don't be going out doing pictures like you've won the league because, you know, Tottenham fans were bantering us for it. And I'm like, well, yeah, banter us. We deserve to be bantered for that because it's embarrassing. I didn't mm. like that at all. We, we shouldn't be doing that. We, we're better no, than that. I, we're we shouldn't I, be celebrating I, beating a shit team. We shouldn't be. We're <laughs> winning trophies. Never yeah, no, anymore. fair enough. I think I think I saw I, I saw that in uh, in in one of the WhatsApp groups actually. Yeah. I did tell you off. I, it, 
I think I scolded you appropriately, Richard. Uh, <laughs> but, you, did, you did, you did. But uh, I, I mean, you know, it was it was my view. A win's a win, and I think also, I think that that was a, a little bit misjudged. I think what what they really wanted to do was to show their their their, their sort of strength and unity, really. I think that was that was the intention to to sort of show like like this is this is Arsenal this is us this these are us together we stick together through the good times and the bad and there's a lot that's been sort of said about since since that first international break that we had about the the, the fact that the players feel like like they're fighting together and that they're you know that that they're sort of leaning on each other and, and looking out for each other and I think that that is what they intended to do, to to kind of show. But um, I think you know what you're saying, Rich, is is how quite a lot of lot of people read it, for sure. But you know, yeah, I mean, how many times have we bantered Tottenham for bringing out a DVD of winning a game? Do you know what I mean? And that, that was almost the same level of 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 embarrassingness as that we did with them. That photo that we produced, yeah, we've had photos when we won the FA Cup. Brilliant. You want photos of that when you've won trophies, but not when you've just beaten a very very poor team. You don't need to put a, a, a celebration photo. It's just it just makes you look as though you're desperate for anything, and we're not desperate for anything because we're Arsenal. We'll always Are be we? better than Tottenham. <laughs> we'll, we'll always be better than Tottenham, won't we? You know, it's nice to beat them. Of course, it is, and that was a good performance, and we all enjoyed it, and it's fantastic. But but for the players and the club to release a picture like that is really it, it's a sort of thing that a small club does when they when they beat a big club in the FA Cup. Oh, we won a game. Let's celebrate. Yay, we won a game. But that's that's not what we are. We're, we're a massive club that's beaten a very shit small club that we do every single year. Why are we celebrating like that? We always beat them. It's no big deal. It's a big deal for them if they beat us, because they never beat they won twice. They won twice away at our ground in what? Oh, yeah. Years. You know, I saw that. Once at the Emirates in the Premier League. So if they, had, if they had won, I'd expect them to do that. And you could laugh at them for doing that. But we shouldn't be doing that. We beat them every year. Do you know what I mean? It's ridiculous. Fair point. Fair yeah, point. Ridiculous. I just didn't like that at all. I, I didn't. I thought that was a bad move by the club to do that. I thought it was a bad move of Arsenal fans to be sharing the picture because it's just embarrassing. It is embarrassing. Personally, I think it is. We, we're above that. Yeah, to be real, I, I saw the picture I put in the group chat because, as I said, it was a site. Now, when people were retweeting it on Twitter, saying, oh, look, we've beaten Tottenham, we've beaten Tottenham. Yeah. Yes, we beat Tottenham every year. Yeah. I've seen us beat Tottenham about 100 times. You know what I mean? It's good for five minutes, and then we move on to a yeah. bigger game next week. That's a bigger game and a better game against a better team. We do it all the time. <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. Brighton are a better team than Tottenham, clearly. And, you know, it proved because we couldn't beat them. So. <laughs> positive, though, Richard. Your channel positive. <laughs> Um, chaps, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to love you and leave yeah. you actually. But been going around two hours twenty nearly. So listeners are having a fun time, but still. Oh yeah, I love time flies when you're having fun. Yeah. <laughs> thanks for the uh, thanks for the impromptu slot, Ryan. Really enjoyed myself. Yeah, no worries. There's sort of something actually international break as well. I do if you have a podcast about the international break, if you're interested, or chatting WhatsApp and all that. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, thanks for coming on, chaps. Where can people find you? What's that, mate? Sorry. Where can people find you on your social media and all that malarkey? Oh, right. Uh, yeah, on Twitter, I'm at Captain Chapman. It's across the thingy there. Um, just, just there. But uh, I, I don't. I don't. I'm, I'm sort of having a bit of a break from Twitter at the moment, but mm. uh, um, I do check it occasionally. Uh, so um, yeah, you know, if you want to ban- banter me off or whatever, then uh, I'm I'm there. 
you want to say something horrible, then don't, because I might cry. So, um, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> yes, come come find me, seek me out, follow me, whatever you want to do. Yeah. Cheers. And Richard, what about yourself and your former positive podcast? <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, it, it, I, I believe I believe it is positive. I, I, no, I'd say more realistic rather than you know. It's easy. It's easy to, to you know to say, oh well, I'm disappointed we drew nil with Brighton, and everybody says, oh well, you're a bit negative. Well, I'm not negative. I'm realistic. Drawing nil nil with Brighton isn't really for Arsenal the acceptable result, is it? In the overall scheme of life, we should be better than that, and we're not. And that mm. frustrates me because I want us to be better than that, and I want us to be. Um, you know, not necessarily thinking that we can win the league. But I just want us to be better. And I don't yeah. feel as though we're reaching our potential. And that's what frustrates me. And that's what I want to see. So, um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think I'm fairly positive and fairly um, realistic about where we are and what we're doing. I just want better for us because mm. we're Arsenal and we should be doing better, quite frankly. Mm. And, you know, that's all I want. And I think that's what all of us really want. But I just don't like it when some people seem satisfied with be mid-table as a mid-table team because I'll never be satisfied with that for Arsenal. And people will say, oh, well, you know, what, what you, we're not entitled to this or we're not entitled to that. No, we're not. But, I, you know, I believe that Arsenal are, are bigger and better than that. And I want to see Arsenal be bigger and better than that. And, and that's that's yeah. it. And if people think I'm negative because we draw with Brighton and, and we get hammered five against Man City because Arteta's not up to the job, then that's fine. I, people could think I'm negative. I don't care. I just want better for the club that has been 45 years of my life. And I want better for it. That's all. I want, yeah. you know, I haven't got long left and I, I want to see us win something again. I want to see us win the league at some point in the next. 10 years I've got left, however long I've got left. Do you know what I mean? I, I want to see us do things again. And at the moment, I don't feel as though we will. And it frustrates me because the last time we won the league, I didn't appreciate it enough because we, that was the invincible We're accustomed to it, yeah. But we'd win the league again with this team. There's no way this team's not winning the league again. We'll win it next year. We'll win it the year after. So we didn't appreciate it enough. And now I kind of wish I had it done. And I want to do it again so I can appreciate it now and really enjoy it like I enjoyed the first one in 89 or in 91. Really appreciate that because I never thought it would happen. And I can't see that ever happening. And it's it's, it's back in the eighties. You didn't you'd never experienced it, so you got you didn't really you wasn't bothered that you wasn't going to get it. But once you've experienced it, you've seen it, and then you don't get it. You want it back, don't you? You know, and that's that's just what it is. So it frustrates me where we are at the minute. But I'll always support the club. You know, I'll, I'll still you know I'll still go to the games. I'll still be shouting and screaming and like everybody else. But ultimately, I'm entitled to be frustrated and pissed off and annoyed yeah. when. We don't play very well, and the club don't seem to have the same ambition that we should have as fans. I, I, I think, but anyway, if you if you do want to listen to more of my, Which nonsense, was team. I am over and over and over again. Um, I'm doing a watch on the women tomorrow, actually, the Barcelona game, so that'll be good because mm-hmm. they actually are an Arsenal team that we can enjoy watching because they score a lot of goals actually and win a lot of games, where it's quite fun. Yeah. So, if you want to come and watch that with me tomorrow, that's I'll be on there about five eight o'clock for the kickoff, so that'll be good. Um, and then I think I'll be doing the, the Tuesday show on, on Wednesday this week because obviously I can't yeah, do it on Tuesday. Yeah, yeah. Women are playing, so it'll be the Wednesday, be the Wednesday clinic this week instead of the Tuesday clinic. Wednesday club, <laughs> Wednesday club, yeah. So we just have to change the day this week, right? but yeah. And of course, it is an international break this yeah. weekend, but the WSL's on, so I'll be doing a watch along with the women probably on Sunday as well. So if you like all that sort of stuff, then uh, then check it out, and if you don't, then don't. It's up to you. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but as I said, literally, he's got the women's. He's got the women's. They've got the, got the man, That's what I've been, I've been saying. I said on Saturday. Um, he's only just been in a job like five minutes. And we haven't lost a single game yet. We've won them all. We've won them all. has got nearly 40 goals. Do you know what I mean? And it's yeah. only, only October. Like, so. anyway. 
who beat yeah, the best I mean, team in England and in the yeah, ages a lot. And also as well, I mean, you know, we, we've what 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 the women have done. They've bought the right players that were needed for the squad mm. and quality players as well. You know, big name players that can improve the team straight away. And that's a, that's a club that's got ambition, and that's all you want to see. Whether it works or not, you don't know. At the minute, it's going well for the women, and they might well do well. But even if they don't, at least you can turn it in the season. So at least the club had ambition to try to be the best they could be. And I, thought, I want for the men's team to do the same. I want them to try to be the best they can be. And we're not doing that at the moment, I don't at think. At the moment, anyway. And yeah. if, we improve, if we improve slightly from 8th place to 7th place this year, I'm not going to celebrate that. I'm not going to have pictures of myself in the changing room jumping around. We <laughs> God forbid, up. Richard. God forbid. <laughs> no, exactly. So, do you know what I mean? <laughs> but, you know, I, you know yeah. what I mean? It's, I just want to see the club have a bit more ambition, that's all. And I want everybody to have more ambition yeah, for the club. If we as fans all, all decided, actually, 8th place isn't good enough, we want more. Signing all these young players is great, but we need some quality players to come in as well that can do it right now. Then that's what we should demand as a fan base. And it's not being negative or it's not not supporting a club. I've been told, I'll go and support someone else. Well, no, I don't want to support someone else. I want Arsenal to be better. That's what I want. Quite simple. And, you know, if that's wrong, then that's wrong. And that's fair enough. And when they are better and you're celebrating they're better, it'll be because I wanted better and people like me wanted better that it got better. Not settling for eighth place. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I think it's, again, I think that's more so. More so, the, young, the younger generation of sort of of or exception of that. That's not, that's not having a dig or anything. It's just because they again they haven't witnessed what we witnessed. As the three of us have witnessed over no. the years, winning no, league, cups, yeah, exactly. the league doubles and all that, and league, the cup doubles, the European Cup winners' cup, and things like that. That's not their fault, but it is what it is. Mm. But at the end of the day, but we, even some qualifications. But surely they should want to experience them, Dave, shouldn't they? We, we, we've experienced loads of great things supporting Arsenal. We've been lucky, right? Really, really lucky, right? And the younger fans now may never, ever experience half of that that mm. we did. And that would be a shame, wouldn't it? It's a shame for them. I oh, felt sorry for Oh, well, <laughs> well, they might not be mine, though. We've got to be realistic about, about it. That's only my positive. Oh. In 30, my 32 years of existence, Tottenham only won two trophies in my lifetime an FA Cup and an League Cup. In my I've life, only won about six, five in my lifetime. I'm six, I'm six days old. Right. When Arsenal won the 89 title, I was six days old. So they won 89, 91, the 98, 2002, 2004 League Cups. They won nine FA Cups, a League Cup, European Cup, Winners Cup. So I've seen, again, I've seen that success. So from, from an early age onwards. Um, it's like it's like I that James song, isn't it? It's like that yeah. James song. Then when they say, "If I hadn't seen such riches, I could live with being poor." If you're a yeah. Tottenham fan, you've never experienced anything, so they probably don't know what it's like. But could we've experienced exactly. some great things? It's more difficult to accept mediocrity. It is for me. I just don't want to accept that because I no, exactly. We should have our We are Arsenal. We should yeah, have nothing can beat that. those feelings of winning the league. You know what I mean? Those celebrations. Mm. You can't beat that. And when you've had it right. once, you want it again. Of course you do. You want to experience mm. it again. I want to experience it again in my lifetime. And at the moment, I can't see how I ever will. And that's frustrating. That frustrates me so much. Mm. Well, hopefully, as you said, hopefully the board and the club get their ass, head up their arses to sort it out. Because, yeah. As you said, I want to see my team not so win the, win the league top, but be competitive in Europe again. And actually win, and actually win the European Cup for once. Well, that would well, be nice, wouldn't it? That would be nice, but can but you ever yeah. see that happening? I don't know. That that I think we yeah, had our yeah. chance, didn't we, in, in 2006? Yeah. And we were robbed. We, we go, we, we were robbed. Yeah, somebody brought that up the other day, ruined my day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Did I ruined your night? Yay. Um, 
there's some things you just can't get over though chappers isn't there there's some things yeah. in your life you just, you just can't yeah. get over and that's one of them i don't think any of us will ever get over that will we unfortunately yeah um if you haven't yeah let's go check out victor's channel and i'll obviously follow the guys on uh, social media platforms if you want to I'll be back tomorrow as well. I'm doing exactly the same as Richard. I'm going to do a watch along for the Barcelona, Barcelona women versus Arsenal women. It's going to be a quality game of football, that, by the way. Yeah. Going by, going by the way we've started, I think that's going to be one hell of a humdinger. As long as we don't do what Chelsea did and bottled it, you know, fine. No, we won't. We won't. <laughs> we definitely won't. With this manager, we won't. I'm telling you. We, that's no, going to exactly. be, I'm not saying we can beat them because they're a great no. team. I think it's the two best teams in Europe in women's football going head to head in that game. Mm. So it's going to be a great game to watch. And it's going to be fantastic to, to witness that. And hopefully, Arsenal can get a result. A draw would be fantastic. Yeah, really. but well, yeah and I was checking it out. And I've got, got kickoff at eight o'clock. So I'll be going live about quarter to eight, something like that. Go for the team. Try and get Andrew, see if Andrew's interested or whoever is interested to come on. Um, and then go from there. In terms of other content, we'll just go from there, really. And as I said, I'll try and fill, I'll try and fill out the fortnight with a bit of um, quizzes and, con and a podcast and all that and go from there. And yes, I can't say international football, it's just mad in. So, yeah, as much Arsenal content as we can find, guys. And also the weekend, obviously, as again, like Richard said, WSL. Who are we playing this weekend? I can't remember. Ooh. Everton. Yeah. Everton. Oh, that's yeah, nice. Yeah, yeah. Good game. I mean, they, they've picked up four. It could be a good game. We, we shouldn't be favourites to beat them, but who knows? We're at home, so we should win as well. Home, we home should is really yeah. good. Yeah. But yeah, um, but guys, if we, we're five away, five away from 2K. Ourselves, so do five. Wow, we must be five. five. Come on, get five tonight. There must be five people out there that subscribe. Exactly. So if you if you if you've enjoyed this, it's got this two and a half hour discussion of Richard being himself, basically. So I say, <laughs> and upsetting the apple, and upsetting the apple cart, apparently <laughs> amongst the fan base. <laughs> um, yeah. I'll tell, tell you what, next time we draw nil-nil with a little shit club, I'll, I'll be really happy and optimistic about it. Actually. Just imagine we're really happy. I can't we'll wait get, for that. We'll when, when, when we play Crystal Palace, if we draw nil-nil with Crystal Palace, I'll be really upbeat and, and positive that we've... Yeah, yeah, I don't want to be really, really angry. <laughs> yeah, do that. That'd be good. <laughs> oh, dear. But it is what it is. What it is. As I said, if, you enjoy, if you've enjoyed this and had a laugh along the way, do subscribe. Smash that like button, share share the content around as well. And as I said, we're back tomorrow, quarter to eight. Uh, the, the audio of this podcast will be up in the next half hour as well, over on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and all other podcast platforms. And until then, guys, enjoy the rest of your evening. And as always, up the Arsenal. Come on, you guys. Come on,